This is Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. I found an old soul who loves to shoot film on YouTube. Nick Carver is this person. This young and up-and-coming photographer has a following on YouTube and a presence on Instagram worth a look at. Please take a moment and look over his website at nickcarverphotography.com. His day job is photographing buildings. His passion is making photos with cameras older than him. We sit down and talk about early career mistakes, building a business from the bottom, and having zero idea what an audience might want to watch on YouTube. Per- perfect example. Uh, the one I most recently posted, which is um, taking pictures in Fullerton. Um, yes, yes. I did Donut Shop. Uh-huh. And, uh, I finished that video and I posted it, and I was basically depressed the first few hours after I posted it. I was telling my wife, I'm like, it sucks. I hate it. It's terrible. People are going to hate it. And it was a waste of time. That one actually has the highest rate of upvotes to downvotes of any of my videos. So evidently, I have a horrible gauge of you what people are going to like. You can't judge damn. Yeah, I can't. So I, I have to just remember that I don't know and then just right. put out what I think is good in the moment. And then people will decide. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. We've had such guests as award winners of the Silver Star, Emmy winners, and former VP at Kodak, Richard Maxson. I had one of the first 182.8s in the city, which by the way, that was the long lens. Yes, that was it. That was it. But that was a beautiful, unbelievable lens. Oh, Tack sharp. Great lens, but imagine shooting baseball at Dodger Stadium right. with that. Yeah. Old yeah. Dodger Stadium. Old you were Dodger far st- back. Yeah, you used to rank you used to rack that uh, that enlarger way up. Yeah. Plus you were shooting at ISO beyond the ISO. Right. Yeah. So at Angel Stadium. Stadium was the same way. Angel uh-huh. Stadium was closer, but the light wasn't as good. Right. And, and it was interesting. Dodgers had the best light in town. They had the first Sylvania Stadium lights. Anaheim was tungsten. The Coliseum was a mix of the two. Right. Depending on where you were on the field, you either shot tungsten film or daylight film. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was fun. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before diving into our conversation with Nick Carver. Nick, thanks for stopping by. It's my pleasure. This thanks is going to be me. this is going to be really fun. I, I promise it will be nothing like a dentist appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get my last dentist appointment. I think I had my wisdom teeth taken out, so oh, well, I don't want to do that again. You will not leave here numb or with any <laughs> cotton swabs in your mouth. I promise. <laughs> Hopefully, no cotton swabs anywhere else either. Yeah, I I, I wanted you have uh, have you on the podcast because I I stumbled upon you. Uh, several years ago when you had a video about Joshua Tree. Mm, yeah. uh, I love going there with the boys, my three kids, and I saw this young man sh- out there shooting trees in the desert. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I like that guy. I like the cut <laughs> of his jib, and I think I'm going to have him on my podcast. Well, glad you found the video. I'm glad the, the video yeah. had that effect on you. Uh, I got, you got one click from me off of that thing. So, <laughs> so I got half of one penny at, in terms of ad taxes. revenue. Yeah, yeah before, before tax. Taxes. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, 0.3 
pennies, yeah. something like that. I'll need to watch it 16 more times for you to get up to at least a good scent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I need to click your ad ads on there as well. Yeah, just click them and leave. It's fine. That's it. Just yeah. put it on a loop and just help you out. <laughs> Got to feed the man. But YouTube's about to cancel my account if, I, if they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else. It's <laughs> yeah, all right. It's true. So I, I'm glad you were able to find the time because I really wanted to have you on. I found... Uh, and we talked about this earlier, like this old soul photographer that you don't really see much in photography. And that's actually kind of nice to see. Well, thank you. A man who, who shoots film properly with <laughs> real cameras. Well, thank you. Yeah. I like to think I do it properly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, film's been uh, something else for me. How, I mean, did, how did you find film? Or, or, uh, or, or, or was it around your house? Uh, well, actually, I started on film. No one in my uh, family photographer or anything no, no. not at all instamatics no. nothing not so really. there's no fit pictures of young nick at all <laughs> well, <there's> pictures, but, <laughs> okay you know we had like maybe a little polaroid <laughs> polaroid uh one step the 81s there's only just one school photo of you every year that's nah, the only that'd picture be all right. <laughs> <laughs> those awkward phases come on the pudginess the bad hair yeah. the, well, yeah. I, I didn't hit puberty until about five years ago so well, it's working. It's, it fits you. It'll be a picture of me 17 years old, and I look like I'm 10. So uh, we don't need more pictures of me. But, uh, yeah, there, there are no photographers in the family, but my family's very artistically inclined. My dad's an incredible musician. Um, I mean, he, he was heading off to record at Capitol Records when he was, like, 13 or something like that. Um, wow, what does he play? Uh, I guitar mostly. That's what he was doing then. Okay. Um, but acoustic he's acoustic, electric, or uh, both. Okay. Both. Yeah, he hasn't played in bass a long time. Or no, nah, no, okay. no bass. Banjo. A, oh, banjo. Played banjo. Yeah, he got very good Whoa. at banjo. Yeah. But, That's supposed to be the toughest one, right? Yeah, he's difficult, and he got very good at it. Much to my, you know, my mom's dismay. <laughs> <laughs> banjo is not that fun to be around. <laughs> well, was it a part-time job like at Knotts or something? Or? <laughs> nah, no. Nah, okay. Just, uh, just for fun. Just for fun. That yeah. must have been okay. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's all very impressive and especially I don't have a, an ounce of uh, musical ability in my body. So seeing it is, is pretty cool. But um, You appreciate it from afar. Definitely appreciate it. My brother's an incredible musician, too. He, he got that from my dad, obviously. So he got that gene. Mm -hmm. He actually made the music for my videos. Oh. Yeah, so that kind of slide steely, oh. deep south kind of guitar, that's all him. Well, that's um, good. That's yeah. easy on the copyright. Oh, man, I'm so lucky. Yeah, I guess he, uh, yeah, he gives that to me for free, doesn't, doesn't charge me a nickel, and uh, it's... I, I think it's some of the best music ever. I, I think he's one of the best musicians. He just doesn't. Um, Does he do it professionally? No, he's actually a video editor professionally. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, music kind of a hobby for him. And uh, I'm always getting on him to do it more because I think Absolutely. his music's so good. I, I want more people to hear it. I mean, we'll, I'll visit him. He'll pull out an acoustic guitar, and he's just dicking around, like just doing stuff that he thinks is, is almost funny, like it's so easy. Right, and, and I'm you're like, mesmerized. I'm like, oh, my God, this, the world needs to hear this. Like, this is important music. Like, But he just doesn't. He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just dicking yeah, around. Yeah, I just found my fingers here. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And I think <laughs> That drives you nuts. Come on. Be I mean, talent. It, show it. Yeah, I, I want him to share it. My wife feels the same way about him. It's like you need to put some stuff out there like people need to see this but he's just not interested you know i think it's it's for his own enjoyment more than anything well so. at least he gave you the gift of the title majorly yeah and uh you know he last christmas um we do a secret santa thing in our family and he got me unbeknownst to me but i said if if blake if you get me <laughs> i just want new music for my videos like i know i'm putting you on the spot but if if you are my secret santa i just want new music and 60 second bumper that's all i need. that's all i was expecting he came through he gave me like like eight tracks 
you know, like a, a minute and a half long on some of them. Some of them are just stings, but it's like really incredible music, like multi-layered. It's got like, you know, shakers and, and slide steels wow. and all this kind of stuff. It's incredible. And I've been slowly rolling them out in my videos and uh -huh. I got them, uh, a couple of songs out in the most, most recent ones. But um, I really Sneak put him peek. on the spot with that and then yeah. he came out and he, he came through. So he's a, he's a good brother. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. You got that little ace in your pocket there. Your very old musical so. band waiting for you. I know. I always got that to, to fall back on. And my other brother's a, a coder and I build my own website and everything. So he's come, come in handy at numerous times me trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing with CSS and HTML and you know all that kind of stuff so um so well, yeah I got I good contacts here? yeah where why is my we... website broken can you look at it <laughs> so. where do we start <laughs> so I, I think maybe uh, it's a asymmetrical relationship with how much they're they're helping me out but but you but you, at least you could take some nice photos of them yeah I took my uh, my brother's uh, uh engagement photos you know i did a okay yeah kind of photo booth style thing shot it on you know black and white film with the rz67 and everything because I, I, I had to make it more difficult than, for yes, me yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they came out great and they liked them so if um, you're like i'm trying something with the iphone i'd be truly disappointed <laughs> it's like, why why did we not hire you to do this <laughs> you're no good to us so yeah. so you found your this love very early on yeah, I was in uh, middle school, so it was around age, uh, oh, God, I don't even know what age seventh grade is, but what's that, 13, right. something like that. Um, was it an, elect uh, an elective class? Yeah, it was an elective class in my middle school. I went to middle school in Irvine here, and okay. uh, Sierra Vista Middle School. What and, made you um, check that box? What made you see photography and go, huh, woodshop, uh, photography? My friend forced me into it. Uh -oh. Yeah. <laughs> So I've thanked him since, Mike Flynn. He's a, he's a great guy. Thanks, and Mike. I've, I've paid him back with a couple of photo shoots, so hopefully uh, I, I think I still owe him. But um, it was an interesting class. It was an elective class that was just called technology. Okay. And so uh, you had the class for, I think, a trimester. So I don't know, that's two months or three months or whatever. Um, and within that time period, you would do like two weeks of a topic. And it was like woodshop, robotics, engineering, wow. photography was, yeah, it was a really cool class. Um, only I, in Irvine. Only in Irvine, but then it was gone two years later, unfortunately. I think oh. the teacher moved on. Um, I tried to find the teacher. His name's Mr. Tucker. He had a Southern drawl kind of, I think he's from, I don't know, Kentucky or something. But, um, but one of the modules in that class, one of the two week periods you could do was photography. And my friend Mike really wanted to do it because his brother had done it and really liked it. And I thought it sounded just so boring. It's, of all the things I wanted to do in that class, that was nowhere near the top. I wanted right. to do wood shop. Sure. You know, I wanted to do robotics, all this kind of like working with your hands things type stuff. Things that dangerous. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Things. I wanted to, I wanted to cut off a finger, <laughs> yeah. at least. Right, like Mr. Tucker, who yeah. <laughs> yeah, only exactly. can count to eight. <laughs> <laughs> so photography just didn't seem tactile enough, I guess. Um, okay. But I didn't know anything about the darkroom process, so I didn't realize how tactile it would be. Yes. Um, and how, you know, like with Woodshop, you got measuring and geometry and all that kind of stuff. And I've always really liked math and geometry and robotics, similar thing. I didn't know that photography had any of that. So, I mean, with chemistry and the timing and, you know, exposure and all that kind of stuff, uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't know about any of that. So... I was picturing photography as being kind of boring, like just going around taking pictures. Right. And you get them developed at Long's Drugs at the time. Right. But it was a darkroom class. So we, you know, learned how to load the 35 millimeter film into the, the tanks. And, you know, we did the enlarger and we did prints and watched them all materialize and stuff like that. And then at that point, I was just 
I was hooked. So it kind of had the, a nice combination of tactile, a um, little bit of math, and then the artistry side of it. So I'm really glad he forced me into it. Right, because I, I believe that that's where kids get hooked is the dark room. Absolutely. It's where... And you can run around and click all day long, but now you get to actually create, dodge and burn, oh, see yeah. it comes out of the you know out of the fixer, move it out. That's where the love starts. Yeah, it's sticky, messy, ugly, but it's where it's at. I think now if you give someone a digital camera, it's just too easy. You're just flicking filters, and it becomes like ah, I'm done in 15 minutes. Now what do we yeah. do? Plus two, I, I think with digital, it, it's. Of course, more complicated to make a digital camera and the whole concept of mm -hmm. turning light into ones and zeros. That's obviously way more complicated, but I feel like we're so surrounded by electronics that it has lost its um, mystere, I guess, or its mystery. Like, it's like you turn on the TV, it just turns on. You don't think about how, how they had to make it right. or, any, or how, how the signal's getting there. Because yeah, right. it's all, everything's just like, yeah, it just works. That's just how it works. But right. I feel like with... Uh, traditional analog photography, like the the fact that light can affect uh, a chemical or a compound on a, a piece of plastic and that compound doesn't look like anything until you put it into this chemical, mm -hmm. which then turns it into something else. Like that's so and much more- And then you put more, that onto paper. Yeah, and then that, that right. process is kind of reversed when you put it onto the paper. It's right. like the whole thing is very um, interesting and mysterious because you're actually seeing how it's happening and it's all very, I mean, analog is the obvious word, but it's all very there and it's in your face and it's tactile and you can understand it. And it's all very something you can wrap your mind around. It hasn't it's not at that level of like an iPhone or a digital camera where it's like you start talking about, you know, uh, the the intricacies of, you know, pixel size and, and all this kind of stuff. Like eventually people start tuning it out because it's just like, right. oh, that's for the engineers to figure out. Right. And it doesn't matter. The camera works. But that makes it kind of boring because you, you're not really engaged in the process. You just had this magical device come down from the heavens mm -hmm. called a, you know, Sony A7R3 or whatever. Right. And name like, the name. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this thing's incredible and it works great. And it's like, that's really exciting for a short time, but it gets so boring so fast. So boring. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I think every photographer who sticks with it long enough, they reach a point where it's like, you know, they start off so excited about specs and the new camera and the latest camera, what they can mm -hmm. do with it even. And they're, they got the artistry involved and everything. It's not all technical stuff, but a lot of it is hinging on this incredible new sensor. And this inc look at the dynamic range. Look at the shadows I can pull and all this kind of stuff. And that's really fun. But it just gets, it gets so old because you find the limits of the equipment. Right. And then now you need new limits mm -hmm. and they got to come out with a new one. Now you're waiting for them to come out with the next one. But right. if with analog photography, like the technology is already as good as it can be. And it's not depending on an engineer coming up with new stuff or, or a you know multi-billion dollar conglomerate or Sony or Canon or all these kind of out there entities that we never actually connect with. Right. We're not, we're not waiting for them to bestow us with this new thing that's going to make our art better. Right. Like, we already have all the tools. They're right there. And you can pick and choose the tools you want. You know, you want to do large format for the high resolution? Cool. If you want to do something compact, get yourself a little contacts or something, you know? Like, we have these options. They're already there. And we can understand it. And we're not waiting for the next mega corporation to give us what we need. 
for our artistry. Right. I think that, that attracts some people. Yeah, because you can only wait so long for the next raw capture to be, you know, composed, yeah. given to us by Adobe. Like, yeah. it's all done and ready to go. The same film you're shooting today has been shot 20 years ago and yep. 40 years before that. You know, you're. I, I'm watching you use cameras that... I owned the Mamiya 645 or the uh, RZ, those the four by fives. I've had my hands on those. I mean, those things haven't changed, and they still make beautiful images. And yeah. you're guaranteed to know this Tridex or this you name it film is going to do this under this light. Yep. Done. Yep. End of story. Yeah. I don't have to wait for a sensor to get any better. Match it up with the lens. Because I got a DX and it's not yeah, full right. frame. It's oh <laughs> right. Jesus, come on! <laughs> right, you got to make sure your computer's up to date yeah. because the RAW files won't be readable. <laughs> right. if you, yeah, all I that kind of stuff. Can't open it up, or it's too slow, or I can only look at one photo at a time. Yeah. Or my, is my screen monitored to my caliber on the back of my camera? Too? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it, it could be so much simpler. Just yeah. have this nice mechanical camera. Whatever film you put in the back is going to control much of it. The lenses are already built for it. It's like it's nice and clean and simple and, and just easy to easy to go. Um, the people always point out the cost of digital being so much less, but I'm not super convinced on that because people who are real deep in the digital world end up getting a new camera every, you know, 18 months or something. Right. It's like $3,500 camera. You've now just thirty five is cheap. Nikon's yeah, new exactly. D6 is 6500 yeah, There you go. Exactly. So, I mean, with, with the rate people end up buying the digital camera because they feel that need to get the latest sensor and everything, I think, you know, spread out over the years that you own the the life of the camera i'm not even sure it's cheaper you know it is for some people but you got to hold on to the camera for quite a while how long have you had i know we're jumping ahead but this is perfect to the point how long have you had that mamiya 645 uh the 645 the pro tl uh i've had that that's actually one of my more recent purchases i think i've had that maybe a couple years now because okay, the RZ I, I've probably had for six, maybe. I had that almost 20 years ago. Oh, I'm really? guessing. Like when it was new. Yeah. And I don't remember what it cost. I just remembered I needed it because it was the size of the magazine format. 645 was front cover of either SI or ESPN or whatever. Yeah. It was the format. It was perfect. If I went Hasselblad, I always had to worry about watching the size because they were going to have to crop in or what they were going to do. Yeah. The cost if I kept that thing... It would be absolutely dirt cheap. Yeah. But if I bought a digital camera 10 years ago, I cannot still use that at yeah. the highest end professional level. Yeah. There's no way you're getting, you're going to the Olympics on a D3. Exactly. For, first of all, it, the sensor's burned out. Yeah. The, high, highs, the highlights are gone. The blacks are kind of in this purplish blue stage. Yeah. And it's nothing's got dead sharp. pixels all yeah, over the place. Dead pixels yeah. all over the place. Yeah. That's 645, if you treat it well, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I had um, I had an original 5D that I made work as a professional camera for. Um, God, I think I had that like eight years, ten years, something crazy, and that was pushing it way further than I should have. Right. And then I got a 6D Mark II or some dinky little camera for a while, and then eventually replaced it with a 5D Mark IV. And it's like, I hate the e-waste that's creating. That's a that's a big concern uh-huh. for me, but. Also, it's just like, okay, so I just got to plan every two and a half years. I got to drop four oh, grand. Right. It's like, but my RZ, as long as I, it doesn't break down and I can find someone to repair it when it does. Sure. We'll keep going. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder to use and it's going to be slower and I probably won't be able to take as many pictures. And, you know, I'm the first to admit that my professional work right now would not be possible on film. 
because the type of clients right. I shoot Absolutely. for, they require quick turnaround. They require too many pictures, and it's just it's would be too slow to do it. Right. But for personal work, it's just um, there. There's so many benefits to the film uh, approach that outweigh the cost. That I don't think I'll ever go back to you know shooting exclusively digital again. No. Yeah. Don't. Please, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, I think you're safe on that because I've had many moments where I'm like, "What if this whole film resurgence is just another fad and that goes away?" And I think about it, I'm like, "Well, I don't care. I'm going to keep shooting yeah, it. Uh, so, I'm going to buy a lot. Then yeah, I'll it, pour it up. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to offset all the people not buying film anymore. I'll have to buy five times as much. But yeah. So how does young Nick then, from this you know, seventh grade, keep this photo love affair going? Um, I mean, I fell in love with it kind of right away. and um, That's what happens with young boys. They just find it and <laughs> boom. You know? I also did that with about every other girl in middle right. school, too. So right. But you kept trend. this one. That's <laughs> yeah, good. That's the only one I kept. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, my parents are awesome and super supportive, and they always have been. So for a, uh, a graduation gift for eighth grade, which it's funny there's even a graduation gift for eighth grade, but um, <laughs> they, uh, it's, it's more an excuse to help support their kids. Sure, and their, right. you know. But um, they took me to a pawn shop, and I got this uh, Minolta XGM with a 50-millimeter lens. And um, What pawn shop? Uh, God, I don't remember. I, I want to say it was in Fountain Valley or something because that's where my dad works. It's funny, like, <clears throat> thinking about what pawn shop you could have gone to, that's your camera selection. Yeah. Like, if they sent you, right? <laughs> if, if you go to the one in San Clemente or Santa Ana, you might have gotten something hot and yeah. just fell off the truck, wink, wink. And you're, yeah, like, right. and you're like, whoa, got this sweet Nikon F3. I, th- I think it was above the boards, I <laughs> yeah. want to say. I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but those XGMs weren't exactly hot ticket items, but, you know. <laughs> so. But that's how you, that, like, that's the interesting thing is, like, that's how your, your first camera comes about is, Location. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's all proximity. Yeah. It's like if I don't know if it was Fountain Valley, and it's like we went there because my dad works there. It's like, okay, I guess I'm getting an XGM. Yeah. It's like he knows of a pawn shop. <laughs> I, I'm too young to go drive around to a bunch myself. Right. There's no eBay or online or anything like that. I, I'm so. guessing it was your first pawn shop trip. Too. Yeah, I like, never been to a pawn. I didn't know what a pawn really shop a, was. Yeah, it's not I thought like it was a place that sold cameras. I didn't realize like someone probably sold this camera because their life was in shambles <laughs> and they needed like right. they needed twenty dollars because of their gambling habit or something. And now yeah. I got their I got their camera. Sweet, <laughs> I got it for fifty bucks. Awesome. Great deal. <laughs> your loss is my gain. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's a, it was a different world. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if the guy doesn't divorce his wife and you get the camera, you end up, you know, traveling all over. Orange County looking for right. decent gear. I need people's lives to fall apart and crumble so I can snatch up their analog gear. <laughs> I need more of that now. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you think your life's going in the wrong turn, just <laughs> reach out to yeah. Nick at nickwilltakeyourgear.com. <laughs> yeah, if you got like a Fuji GX617 out there and, it, you know, you're getting a little suspicious of your wife, just let's speed this up so let's, I can yeah. take that off jump, your hands for you. Let's jump it right ahead, right? <laughs> Doing you a favor. Yeah, you got alimony to pay uh, soon. Yeah, it's going to happen. Let me get that GX. So now you got this sweet little camera in your hand. Yeah. you just off like a bunny rabbit taking whatever you can? Yeah, pretty much. Started with print film because it was easier. Sure. Um, so just shooting, I don't know, it's Kodak Gold or something like right. that. and Whatever was in the grocery store? Yeah, exactly. And Because um, you're not hanging out at, you know, 
pro photo at this no, point. Like, yet. hey, Nick, how you doing? Yeah. Coming in to buy more film. Yeah, <laughs> that was around the corner. It wasn't too far away. But yeah, it was just, uh, I didn't. Now, if your dad had taken you there, <laughs> then the addiction really would have started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think pawn shops might be a little cheaper. But right, exactly. <laughs> nothing against pro photo. But. Yeah, but at the time, yeah. Yeah, but they would actually know what they had. Sure. Um, but yeah, I was just shooting print film, and I was too young to drive anywhere or go off on my own, really. So I just took pictures of my parents' backyard and um, kind of cut my teeth on things back there. And I shot what was available, which is mostly flowers. And my parents had a pond in the backyard, which is really cool, a koi pond. So, you know, we get dragonflies and stuff. So I just kind of practiced on that, photograph, you know, whatever little figurines I had and, and everything. And then uh, eventually someone at a camera store told me about E6, you know, slide film and there's this magical there's this thing. magical film that isn't a negative you can actually look at it and it's a it's a positive image so um they sold me some expired they had like a back then <laughs> yeah they would have like a basket of expired film yes I by, remember by the register that, yeah, yeah. they'd be yeah. like oh yeah these are uh, you know 70 percent off or something like that because they're expired yeah. color's still fine which is true you know they're not that expired right but it just says on the box it just says on the box yeah June, you know 92 and i'm sure half of those dates are just to encourage buying right. it and using it but um so they sold me a roll of I, i'm pretty sure it's velvia 50 and um wow yeah when, when it's a I, big step up big step I, it could have been provia actually either yeah, way that does seem a little insane to give <laughs> give, give like a 14 year old who's right. six months into it Vel, yeah. velvia 50 mouthful of braces good luck, and pimples kid. good luck kid <laughs> try to shoot in sunlight yeah good luck yeah do not shoot this after the sun goes down young man <laughs> you would be sorely disappointed <laughs> If all your pictures are coming out blue, get out of the shade. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the other thing, too. Yeah. You're starting to learn about, you know, color. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, there's not someone controlling the color for me. I mean, I didn't even know that on um, print film. I didn't know someone was at a at a lab right. looking at it and adjusting, you yeah. know, more magenta, Helping more yellow, whatever. Out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Sonny, yeah. you need more magenta. <laughs> Must be a beginner. Yeah. yeah I'm wearing out my keys on the keyboard here. Goddamn little Nick. <laughs> What's crazy is how late in my career I actually learned that, that someone was sitting there and right. actually making adjustments. One of the things that tipped me off to it is that movie One Hour Photo. Yeah. Yeah. With Robin Williams? Yeah, Robin yes. Williams. It's a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he was I, actually I, sitting there making adjustments. I'm like, do they do that? Like, yeah. I wasn't taking pictures of anything I'd be worried about, but I'm like, that's weird. Someone's looking at all my photos. Just a slight side note. Is there anybody listening to this podcast that wants to make a movie about a photographer? Can they at least make this so not a psycho killer? <laughs> <laughs> Do they all have to yeah, be I, scary and weird? I loved that movie, but it's yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah, Robin, he was terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, creepy and terrifying. Yeah, how about just a nice photographer that saves somebody, <laughs> donates a kidney, you know, something like that. Yeah, something like The Notebook, but with a photographer. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Not that I've seen The Notebook. But... but Still, <laughs> not that I've seen the notebook half a dozen times. Um, but so yeah, so so he turned me on to E six. Uh, I tried that roll of Provia or Velvia or whatever it was, and um, I mean, I think anyone who's tried slide film for the first time and remembers it can relate to the immediate like addiction. Oh. It's like to oh. see the colors so yeah. rich. I mean, it, it it's almost like you ha you've never seen anything like it before. You've never seen a red like that before. Yeah, you've never seen it backlit like that. You've never seen it so rich and so bright. And part of the one of the frustrating things about E6 is you can never get that to translate to a print or to afterwards no a screen because it needs that backlit look. Yep. And um, you need to be looking at the original. But uh, I kind of got hooked on that right away. So I, I pretty quickly migrated to uh, shooting all all reversal film. And then, you know, by nature of shooting that film, I started to gravitate towards other 
photographers who shoot that way. Okay. So at the time it was Galen Rowell, you know, uh, Franz Lanting, um, all the National Geographic guys, you know, that are that at that time were all doing Velvia or Provia. Right. Most now, of the were time. you peeking at National Geographic, going, hmm, yeah. interesting? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was more. Uh, Did it come to the house? Were you guys the subscribers, or just library wherever you could find uh, them? Wherever I could find them. I mean, you know, we'd had. I think my brother had a subscription, so okay. I look at it sometimes. But I was more looking at. Um, That's dangerous too, because that really gets you fired up when you start looking at National oh, Geographic. Yeah. Especially like Galen Rowell's work and the places that he would shoot and everything. And, you know, I'm living in Irvine. I mean, just beige jungle. Right. And I'm feeling like, how am I, how the hell am I going to take photos? Right. Can someone just get me to Africa? Yeah, just get me anywhere <laughs> other than here. Um, but uh, the main one is I would look through uh, Outdoor Photographer Magazine, which isn't around anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> that was one I subscribed to. And <laughs> another one. <laughs> another one bites that. <laughs> <laughs> you can turn yeah. into a pity party in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that one went, went the day, way of the dodo. But um, that was a big influence for me because they would, um, you know, they would actually put the film used and the type yes. of camera used and all that kind of stuff. And that was real helpful in the beginning. Yeah. That was like original metadata. Yeah. Funny, funny side note on that. I remember in the transition to digital, they were so used to putting the camera in the film that they kind of didn't know what to do now that there's no film. So there was a brief time period where they were putting the memory card brand, which is the funniest <laughs> thing right. ever, as if that has yeah. any impact on the yeah. photo. But it's yeah. like, you know... Uh, Sundisk, so much better yeah. than that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hood man. Canon Rebel, 150th of a second at F-16. <laughs> Lexar, uh, six, uh, you know, at that time, 256 megabytes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't think anyone cares what memory card was used. But they were so used to doing <laughs> film that they didn't know what to they do They didn't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I went very much the route of kind of the high saturation landscapey type stuff and um, stuck with that for a real long time and then uh, digital came along eventually I swore off that I was never ever gonna do it I remember distinctly telling my uncles you know they were like I was backpacking with them like hey, when not you think about getting a digital camera I'm like never no way <laughs> I'm a real photographer. Yeah. <laughs> and, How dare you? Yeah. Fast forward 18 months, I had my first digital <laughs> right. camera, and I was, my, my film camera was collecting <laughs> dust on the shelf, and it was, you know, it was sad to part with it, but I was I was bitten by the snake of, uh, you know, easy pictures. So. It'll get you. Oh, it'll get you. Damn it gets it. everybody. Yeah. I don't care how much you hide. Yeah. It comes calling. It'll find you. Yeah. That Canon or these days Sony is going to find you. Yeah, exactly. Knock, <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> mirrorless. Yeah, mirrorless too. Mirrorless too. Run, Nick, run. I'm so old. Mirrorless still feels like a new technology to me. Yeah. Been in this so long. <laughs> so, okay, so then where's that next step? Um, Are you shooting through high school like a crazy man? Yearbook, book, uh, taking up any course yeah. you can? I was on the school paper. Um, That's for... mandatory if you have a camera, really, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a brief time. I mean, if I could go back, I would tell myself, do not do that. You are not the right personality type for <laughs> doing photojournalism. Because, like, I mean, well, it is high school. I don't know if I classify. I mean, it's not really yeah. photojournalism. Yeah. You weren't doing investigational pieces on ASI students. I yeah. wasn't ready for the pressure right. of a photojournalistic yeah. career at that point. I no, don't it's... see you, Mike Wallace, stepping into a class. Like, what do we have going on here? <laughs> These pictures are garbage, Carver. Right. Yeah. Uh, you call yourself a photographer? <laughs> like, not really yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just I would have to go like take pictures of other students when they were doing a story on them, and I was uh, just paralyzingly shy at in high school uh, especially in high school but middle school and high school and um so just to go like ask someone can i take your picture 
like I would have rather had my teeth pulled out. Like it, it was so just pliers. Br- yeah, and especially if it was a girl, because I'm I just oh, I don't right. know how to talk to girls. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I'm asking to take their picture. Like they're gonna think I'm a creep. So. I just couldn't do it. So I, I kind of failed miserably at that. Um, well, that's very natural. It's, first of all, as without a camera, it's difficult. Oh, yeah. Now you're like, hi. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, going to pose you. <laughs> you know, what? Now, now, someone suave would say they have an excuse now to talk yes, to the girls. Absolutely. They would use that as a jumping off yes. point. But If you'd only knew. Yeah, yeah. Now. Not, not old Nick Carter. That's yeah. not my approach. Yeah. <laughs> if so. you just tell him, Sonny, <laughs> yeah. ah, fish in a barrel. <laughs> yeah, so it, it didn't work out well for me. So I. I uh, but you still had your camera. I still had my camera. Okay. Um, at that point, I had gotten a digital camera a little. Uh, Minolta Dimage. Um, I think that one slipped by me. It, rightfully so. They were pretty <laughs> horrible cameras. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, the name sounds like it should be like on a Chrysler. You know. Oh, I'm sure they did market research <laughs> to find out. You know, it sounds like a like a drug name. You know, yeah. like they. they oh, people like images, so we'll put it in the name Dimage. Um, Dimage. I gotta look that up. Yeah, it was a ridiculous camera. It was. Um, I think five megapixels, which at the time was like, oh my god, what am I gonna do with all these megapixels? Yeah. I don't um, know if I have a card big enough. <laughs> And this was before like DSLRs were really affordable, so it had a built-in lens, and it was um, it ran off of double A batteries that died in no joke probably twenty minutes. Double A batteries, yeah, four double A batteries, and it is becoming such a problem that I, I went out and bought this uh, battery belt pack that that could hook into it and was wired, and the battery <laughs> belt pack was it was all before lithium, so it was like NICAD. And this thing weighed oh. like like ten pounds, and it's on my belt, and it's pulling my pants down, which already don't sit very well because I weigh like you know ninety eight pounds. And I was walking with the, with the battery pack. Yeah, with the battery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back out the ten pounds, and that's how much I weigh. <laughs> so I was using that for like the school newspaper and stuff like that, and. Um, I was my still, God! Yeah. No wonder no we want to take your picture with you. It's like you're just. We're talking about, dude. I look so cool with my battery pack <laughs> yeah, on my belt with the cable going to my stupid little camera. Which one was bigger, the battery pack or the camera? That thing sounds like. Honestly, I think the battery pack was. It was ridiculous. Oh my God! Yeah, it was ridiculous, and it was in like a little um, fabric. Of course, it was. So yeah. it could go on my belt and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, is NICAD. It was basically like a motorcycle battery. If you've ever seen those. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty big. So with the big sign on it says, you know, do not put a knife in it. Do not let children <laughs> play away with from it. Keep open flame. Yeah, children. Yeah. And a child has it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, technically, a child has it right now. But keep it away from other children. Um, God, that sounds like fun. Uh, <laughs> experience. I don't know about fun, but um, so I mean, I was kind of trying to find my feet at like what I. I wanted to take pictures of or what I was good at taking pictures of. And I mean, I mean, probably only within the past 10 years have I really made peace with what my personality type jives with in terms of types of pictures. And okay. I've, I've definitely found it now, but in the beginning you're, you're trying so hard to find who you are as a photographer that you're doing what everyone else does. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, people take pictures of people and people take pictures of, you know, uh, events in their life and all this kind of stuff. And I just never had any interest in that. And I was so bad at it because my personality type doesn't doesn't mix with it that I just was never good at it. So the landscape photography, I started doing more and more of because it jived better right. with, um, with kind of the way I I go through life, I guess. I tend to do photography better when I'm alone. Um, and so that was a, a good way to, to utilize it. I think a lot of photographers do photography better alone mm-hmm. for the fact that there's no distraction 
And photography is very much like I need to focus. For sure. Not the camera, but I need to constantly have my eyes out, my ears. You know, it's funny to say, like, where's the wind blowing? Because that becomes part of the photo. Yeah. Like, where's the sun? Where's it going? Where's the moon coming yeah, up? Yeah, there's a lot to factor in. Yeah. And then so, like, I got three boys and a wife, and I love going with them with places, but it's like, all right, just don't kill yourself. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and I go home with one less person. Yeah. It's a constant, like, so, yeah, yeah going on your own. Yeah. It's much easier. Although I think most photographers don't have my unfortunate trait of having a a pretty uh, hairline trigger on uh, telling people to F off. So, like, it's not a good trait. I'm constantly trying to train myself (laughs) out of it. But, like, if I photograph people and they're like, oh, I don't like – in any way, I don't like how they look in that photo, my internal reaction is to tell them to F off. That's how you look. Right. But that's not the right – response right. especially right. if you're doing wedding photography or <laughs> yes. you're doing you know shooting for a client so like you're not no not yeah, a bride it will you not know. do well so the, those things were kind of always off limits for me because of my my short fuse reaction on that kind of stuff um, i've gotten a lot better at it uh but certain things where if I'm being directed too much to take photos, I get really irritated. Oh, so, by a client or somebody, yeah. yeah. Like, I do architectural photography, and um, sometimes the building owner via the realtor, well, broker, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. uh, via the broker has, like, given me a map with arrows on the angles they want. <laughs> and my my reaction is to just crumple that thing up and then come back up with a middle finger. Because, like, I'm like... <laughs> Do you think I don't know how to do this? Like, I, I get so mad, and it's so unjustified. And yeah. it's the, I get that they're just worried about getting the best quality pictures, and it's okay, and, and I should just be understanding. But I, I have such a short fuse on that kind of stuff. There's a lot of types of photography I would never be good at. So right. luckily, the architectural stuff and the landscape stuff uh, has worked out. But through high school and stuff, uh, those time periods, I just I didn't know. So I'm like, I thought I was supposed to be okay with taking pictures of people rather than, oh, there's other industries you can try Mm -hmm. that are maybe going to jive better with you. Many, 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 many. It's the best thing about photography. Oh, yeah. There's so many different approaches. I mean, even now, like half the photographers out there feels like they don't sell pictures. They just post stuff on YouTube and that's how they make their income or they they put out zines once a year or something it's like they're not actually shooting for any clients and that's fine that's another way to to make money Mm -hmm. but that was completely non-existent you know when i was coming up in it so um the types of avenues i could go down um i was thinking very simply on it and and very kind of linear like someone will hire me to take a picture of this someone will hire me to take a picture of that but it can be much more uh interesting and and creative in how you monetize things now i think because we have all this social media stuff and we have um you know other products that people want now that maybe they didn't want back then right this is why everyone and their mom sells presets oh god yeah i know don't get me started on it (laughs) (laughs) and people are making money off of that that's always the insane part to me it's like Uh. so okay so you're selling them for this amount of money and people are actually paying you for that to Which make is, your pictures look like yours? Right. And all you did me. was move the contrast five yeah. clicks and take your saturation to down yeah. two clicks and then push your warmth up two clicks and you're calling that morning rise. Yeah. 
Oh. Well, not only that, they have morning rise and then morning rise darker, morning <laughs> rise lighter, morning rise warmer, morning rise cooler. It's like, oh, I got I can't, I got a hundred presets, but really it's like five. They're just slightly adjusted. <laughs> it's insane to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. But that's That'll just be another podcast we'll do on telling people to go to hell with their presets. I think I think we could fill a lot of time. <laughs> With all the things that are kind of annoying to me in the photography community. Oh, God. <laughs> so do you find yourself in going to college, or is there is there a jumping-off point? You're like, I'm, this is this is going to be a career. So I, I luckily decided pretty early that I wanted to be a photographer, um, probably in um, maybe sophomore year That's of good. high school. Was uh, there a mentor or somebody that kind of said, hey, um, I liked what you're doing. You could, you could make something of this? Or was it your confidence going, I, I think I could do this? Uh, I think it was my foolish confidence. I mean, that's good to have, though. Uh, Believe in yourself. I agree. I think yes. maybe I had too much, but um, you know, I, I think every teenager and every twenty-something thinks they know everything. I was that times two. I mean, I, I thought, I thought I knew everything about everything. I mean, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know you guys can't talk me out of it, or whatever. Um, I think ultimately it got me to pursue photography without any sort of safety net. Which okay. not not having a yeah. safety net, I think, is the only reason I'm successful at it now. Um, which we can talk about if you want, because I mean, yes, I, I had times where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It's too stressful. But there's literally nothing else I have to offer anybody, right? Because I, I don't mm-hmm. have any other degree. I don't have any other skill. I've I've gone all in on photography. Right. You've got all your chips on the table. That's Everything. It. I, I pushed it all in, and I'm failing miserably. So, now what? Like, I could hit the reset button and go become an accountant or something. Or whatever. Right. Yeah, but it's like, I literally can't afford to do that. Like, I, I'm, I have deep. rent to pay now right. or something. And it's like... There's always a point where it's no return. Yeah, point of no return. I, I hit that several times where I had already gone past the point of no return. But I was so ready to give it up and I wanted to stop. And it was too stressful and especially just running your own business, anyone who does it knows how stressful it is. But when it's a failing business and you're you're trying so hard to make it successful, like you are not slacking off. Right. You're, you're working holidays. You're you're trying to figure out ways to be creative with marketing and still failing. That I mean, it's the worst feeling in the world. But luckily, I had no backup plan, so I could I didn't have an easy out. Failure was failure was not an option. Exactly. Yeah. And people, you know, I'll hear that failure is not an option. Like we have to figure this out. Like, oh, that's just the go getter attitude. No, it means there is no other option right. than to succeed at this. So you have to. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to suck for a long time, but you're going to have to make this work. And I was kind of with that with photography, but that that foolish confidence in the beginning, I just saw. National Geographic photographers, and without doing any research about how much money they make or how they really make their money, mostly workshops, right? Um, without d- knowing any of that, I just decided I'm going to be a nature photographer. Like, at what point is this? Uh, this is about sophomore year. Okay. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to go on the path to be a professional photographer, and then I kind of start researching, you know, uh, what kind of colleges offer photography programs because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was born and raised in a community that's very college-centric. Okay. And to the extent that 
if your kid didn't go to college, it's like, oh no, what happened? Yeah. You know. <laughs> what disability does he have? Yeah. <laughs> or even even worse, like, oh, he's going to community college? Oh, right. good for him. Yeah. You know, it's like that kind of community. It would have been better off if you joined like the Coast Guard. Way better. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, he's got a purpose. And then he'll go to college. Right. Like the thought of not going to college was that's not an option. Like, what are you talking about? Unless your kid has something wrong with them, right. why is he not going to college? Um, so my natural thought was college. So I started researching photography programs. I knew that uh, Orange Coast College, the community college here, actually had a very kind of renowned photography program. Absolutely. They yeah. Did. And yeah. My, my dad has several patients who are in that, and they would tell him that. You know, it's like one of the best programs around. So I thought about that. And then, um, but that's community college. Right. That's a that's a that's a black mark. Right. Um, so then I eventually came across Brooks Institute, uh, which is no longer around. But at the time, that was like the nearest dedicated photography school. I think there's one in New York called NYI or yeah, NYIP yeah. or something. Um, but did you not see? Was it Passing Art Center? Did you not look at them? I think I had heard about that, but the fact it was Art Center, not Photography College, right, right. like I just kind of brushed it off. Right. It probably would have been a much smarter move. Paint brushes. <laughs> it's like art, mm, photographer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Brooks was a photography institute, yes. so so that appealed to me. So, um, you know, I started the whole process of of going there, and um, it just wasn't going well. Um, we went through the application process, and it felt much more like a sales pitch, like they were trying to convince us to go there. Mm -hmm. And it just felt a little weird to me. Um, also, I just I didn't really want to go to college. Uh, you just wanted to go out and start shooting, didn't you? Yeah, I just wanted to take pictures. I just, which is stupid. You got to do something. You can't right. just go out and take pictures. But I, I really just wanted to take pictures, and my parents were pretty insistent on me going to college. Um, which was actually a major source of friction for us at the time. Um, and I mean, it, it got bad enough that I would call my brother who was moved out. And, you know, it came to a head one, one night with my parents where I'm, I told them I don't want to go to college. I don't want to go to Brooks. I don't want to do any of this. And it came to a head where, like, basically, like, what the hell are you talking about? That's not going to happen. And I called my brother I'm like, and told him all about it. He's like, dude, worst case scenario, you can come live with me. Like... So in my mind, I'm like, am I really going to have to, like, leave? Take my cameras and yeah. go. Like, when I'm 18, just leave. Right. Because like, I, I, as in, as foolishly confident as I was about becoming a photographer, I was equally stubborn about once I made a decision. Right. You're not going right. to. Yeah. You're not going to change my mind. So when I decided I'm not going to Brooks. And did you not look at any other colleges, like maybe Arizona State or something that had a decent, no. like, photo program? You just wanted a big school, big program, nothing. Yeah, because by that point, um, I didn't want to go to college in general, but Brooks was like, well, at least it's photography college. Right. And so when I reached the point where I didn't want to go there, I, I was kind of literally, look, it was Brooks or nothing, and it ain't Brooks, so it's nothing. Right. And um, my parents were just not having that. Now, in my parents' defense, and again, they're the most supportive people on the planet, at that time, a college degree actually meant something. Sure. And I don't just mean photography. I just mean in general. Right. My class, I graduated high school 2005, like, we were like the first wave of college graduates with 
completely useless degrees mm -hmm. and hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Yep. So they hadn't seen that yet. Not yet, no. So It wasn't and, on your parents' radar. Yeah, and, and in their mind, it was completely logical to say, how are you going to get a job without a degree? Right. They're from that generation of like, Nick, you, you have to. Absolutely. Because yeah. they were picturing me going out there with a high school diploma, uh -huh. trying to get employed. Right. And they couldn't really wrap their minds around like, well, I'm not ever going to be employed. I'm going to be a freelance photographer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even really worked that out yet. So they were right to, to push me so hard. Mm -hmm. But looking back on it in retrospect, I think even they are grateful that I didn't do that. Right. Because I'm not saddled with student loan, which is a uh, huge. Yeah, you'd still be paying it off. Yeah, I'd still be paying it off. And, that, and that's huge. And that, that could jeopardize getting a house. I mean, crazy ancillary car loan, things. Everything. Yeah, car loan. Credit I mean, cards. There, there's crazy ancillary negative side effects to that that they couldn't have Can you have, imagine walking away with 100 grand in debt? Well, especially Brooks Institute was like 60 grand a year yeah. or 60 grand or some insane thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it was all going to be student loans. They were going right. to help me a lot, but it was so still, still going to be loans. Either they're paying it or I'm paying it. I don't want them paying it. Um, so we eventually got past that that point of friction. Okay. And I just kind of started working day jobs to pay the bills while I tried to get my photography business off the ground. And um, now, do you start try to start this business after high school? Uh, yeah, I technically opened it in 2006 so that's okay. when i like legally filed it with the county okay. and so that was one year after after high school okay. and uh, i graduated high school semester early because i was just over it and i i didn't i didn't jive well with high school so i just i just got the hell out of there see ya but, yeah yes yeah, peace out um <laughs> it was fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> sometimes I, I wonder what people from high school say about me because i think back on like this weird guy who's very emo couldn't talk to chicks weighed about 88 pounds 98 with the battery pack and uh, oh, then, and then I, he just peaced out <laughs> oh, in a couple of years on your 20s when you get to bring that battery pack to the reunion <laughs> I'll tell you how, how I'm 190 now with the pack on <laughs> I'll tell you how badly I jived with high school and I guess how badly high school jived with me I haven't heard about any of the reunions oh Jesus <laughs> But I, I, I've been teaching photography for a long time, and I had some classes uh, going in Tustin. And maybe two years ago, a former high school uh, classmate right. took the class, and mm -hmm. we kind of knew each other. So we were you know, okay. we're talking and everything. And she's like, oh, yeah, I saw so-and-so at the high school reunion two years ago. I'm like, what? <laughs> there, there was a high school reunion? What high school was this? Is there Northwood High School. All right, Northwood High School. If anybody's listening, you got to get Nick on the 20-year anniversary okay. reunion. He's got to show out. up. Battery pack and all. He was there. He did his three and a half years, like like up in county. I'll you got to let him in. I'll have a full car battery on my yeah. waist now to make up for It'll the extra lithium. weight he's, he's, he's all hip with the kids now. <laughs> no, I, if they never see me ever again, I'm fine with that. I, no. I don't want to stare got, anybody in the eye. you got to see Mike and Julie from biology. <laughs> <laughs> little Gary, you know, from math. There's a few people I'll be happy to see. Sure. High score unit, I don't know about that. Mr. Tucker might show up. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd go yeah, there for that. Southern draw is eight fingers. I would go there for that all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, the... So you were off and running. By six, you're like, I'm a businessman. I'm taking pictures. Yeah, so I had... Um, Prepare the world. Yep. Yeah, for failure. <laughs> and, uh, but it has to be prepared. It's it got to be prepared. Get ready for it. <laughs> Um, so in 2006, I opened it officially, but I was still working uh, a day job. I uh, just like a appointment scheduling guy for these sales guys. Okay. Um, did that for a while. And um, 
while I was working that day job, I was basically just squirreling away all the money I could. So I was obviously still living at home because I was 17, 18, 19, um, just squirreling away money. Uh, in my time after work, I was trying to, I was building my website. I was, uh, you know, taking pictures. I was foolishly going all in on a, uh, a fine art, quote unquote, approach to business. Okay. And that's just... It's red insane. Flags. Yeah, it's insane. It's red flag. It's it's an impossible thing unless you've already done a bunch of other stuff. Right. Um, even Ansel Adams didn't have a fine art career. No. You know. Um, so this is the downside to not going to college mm-hmm. is I didn't know anything about business and I just foolishly thought, yeah, I'll take pictures of you know a, a pretty sunset in Crystal Cove and people will be flocking to buy them. And it's like, mm. uh, no, no, they aren't. No, they aren't sport. Like. No one wants your pictures because they don't know who you are, for one. But also, the picture's not even that good. So I was just going all in on that. And well, so, you were trying to forge a trail without a machete. I mean, <laughs> you're just way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like a dull butter knife, which gives me some sense of maybe I'm doing it. But <laughs> you're just pushing brush away at that point. You're not even cutting anything. Yeah. But that's that's the issue. Yeah. So I I failed on that miserably, and the the failure manifested in. Um, I had saved up what felt like a lot of money from the day job. In, in hindsight, it's, it wasn't a lot of money, but for me, it was a lot of money. And I just blew through all of it buying stupid things, frame supplies, prints, um, packaging Stuff, materials yeah. to ship out all these thousands of prints I'm going to sell. I, I spent a ton of money on Google advertising for my fine art, and I just burned through that money like it was like I was dying in three months, you right. know, like Google I, like I had to spend it. Yeah. Google loved me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I burned through all that and now I have $0. Now, do you have any sales at this point? Is no. anybody buying anything? No, no. I think maybe I sold one print to some. So where's the delusion person. that you think things are going to sell, but nothing's selling. Stupidity. They're, they're just going to come <laughs> at some point. They'll show up. Yeah. If you build it, they will come eventually. Right. I thought it would take a, a while for it to like catch on. Like what's it, your what's your while? Twelve months? Eighteen uh, months? I don't think I even picked a timeline. I'm just like I'm doing this, and I was too stubborn and too proud to just like say it's not working. I, I need to learn something. I never went and learned anything. Right. That would have been a smart move: is go learn about business, go talk to photographers, and see right. like how do you really make money. Now, are you talking to any photographers at this point? Do you have a photography group, um, buddies, anybody that bounce ideas off of? Not really. Someone help you reach over and pump the brakes? My uh, my dad had a patient uh, who had worked at Olympus for many years. He's an executive there. Okay. And then he kind of left to become a photographer, and he was doing corporate headshots and stuff like that. And I assisted for him once. Um, he was kind of that for me. He's a great guy. His name's pa- Pasquale. Uh, he actually worked at Sammy's in name Santa Ana for a long okay, time. Yeah. yeah, he's a real nice guy. Um, and he didn't uh, sit he, you down with a cup of coffee and say, listen there, Nick. <laughs> it's funny you say that. He actually did sit me down with a cup of coffee, <laughs> but I was too young to like coffee, so I ordered a hot chocolate. And I cannot think of anything more embarrassing and cute than like this. Like, I was probably 19, but I was like right. 19. I'm like, no coffee for me. That's too strong. I'll have a hot chocolate. Yeah. Oh. At least order tea or something. Yeah. Something adult. Uh, and milk and some cookies for this young lad. <laughs> so uh, he kind of ushered me along, but I, I think he was smart. He, he didn't, he knew I wasn't going to just listen to like, hey, you're screwing this up, kid. Like, you, you got to do it right. Because 
I was very stubborn and I would get so upset about um, anyone trying to tell me that what you're that you're you're wrong for doing it this way. Right. Like I had such low self-esteem in high school that I just couldn't take criticism at all. I, was, I still struggle with that. You just didn't that. understand it. I just didn't understand it. It's like, it's not personal, man. Right. You, you don't it. know it's how n- to do it. Yeah, like it's not I, personal. Yeah, and I'll, I'll help you how to do it. But I think also, too, I had, I had um, imagined this life of like a National Geographic photographer that was all based entirely on, um, you know, movie made up Hollywood ideas of what a nature photographer is. And I don't right. mean literally Hollywood movies, but just like gleaning stuff from magazines. Oh, Galen Rowell seems like he's like just traveling the world all the time and he's just taking pictures and people are sending him money in droves. You saw Bridges Over Madison County and that's what you thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you thought yeah. you were going to have a red pickup truck with a bunch of Kodachrome. Yeah. Was that... some woman in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> some married woman. Yeah, some married woman. Is that Clint Eastwood? Yes, yeah. in Meryl Street. Yeah, again. Who doesn't want to be Clint Eastwood? But, but again, another photographer who's a bastard. Yeah, exactly. Woos off some married woman. Woman? I thought I thought it was going to be Clint Eastwood. Right. To yeah. shoot a red barn. Yeah, exactly. Bridge or whatever it was. And they'll pay me. Yeah, and they'll pay they. me. Right. Somebody. Somebody. And yeah. that, of course, doesn't happen. Never happens. So I, I just had pictured this perfect life of like, I know. I'm going to travel and there. take landscapes yes. and it's great. And anyone who tried to inject some reality into my, my fantasy was so repulsive to me that I, I just canceled it. I just, just, no, 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 no. Right. I get that you're 50 and you've been in this industry forever, but I'm 19 and I know what I'm talking about. Like it was so stupid and so foolish. And, um, it's funny. You think you're in a small group. There's a lot of photographers that are in that group with you. I hope so. No, there are. I know about 175 of them (laughs) just in Orange County. (laughs) You just haven't met them yet, but there's a lot. I get you. They meet on Tuesdays, the first Tuesdays of the month. At a bar? (laughs) At a bar. Yeah. Drink their woes away. No, they just drink. The woes are still there. But yeah, it's so many photographers that that have that that issue. It's not an issue, but it's just not accepting criticism. Be like, listen, I can help you. Yeah. Just all I'm going to tell you, young man, if you take these two business courses, your life will be so much easier. Yeah. And, you know, that's the stuff that that would be really helpful to beginning photographers is like the the more nuts and bolts approach of like, hey, you got to make money with this. Like you, you need to provide a product that people want. Like you, mm-hmm. you need to treat this like a free market because it is like no one's going to pay you money to be you. Right. And that's what I was expecting people to do. The, the criticisms in terms of the actual work, I still struggle with that because a lot of it is I don't really care what your opinion is. I, I do this because I want to take pictures a certain way. And as soon as I'm taking pictures in a way that I don't like to take them, it, I might as well work at Starbucks. Like, right. So that's why I, I'm not a good commercial photographer. Um, the architectural stuff's okay because they leave me alone and they, they let me do it the way I want to do it. Right. But, and they don't want to be there at 530 in the morning when you're waiting for the sun yeah, to come Yeah, they don't want to be over my shoulder telling me what to do the whole time anyway. So it, I, I found a good niche where my, um, you know, aversion to critiques of my photography doesn't come up very often. Right. This is why I can never be a wedding photographer because no one likes the wedding photos. Oh, God. You know? Yeah. Um, so the... You know, having someone come along and say, you know, I get that you want to sell fine art prints, but nobody wants them. 
like that would be a really tough pill to swallow at the time and I, I don't think I would have been able to swallow it I just would have said okay when we're done with this conversation I'm never talking to you again like really stupid stuff like that right um, but that's really what I needed to hear is like this you're treating this as a job so you need mm-hmm. to treat it like a job if you're not offering something that people want you're not going to get any money right it sounds like the most basic simple thing but for some reason i just wouldn't wrap my mind around that at the time you know it's like right. well who's going to yeah cuz who's going to pay you to take pictures it's like does anyone okay, let's say i go to yosemite and i take a bunch of pictures of yosemite valley um, first off why would they pick my picture over Ansel Adams right. or any other photographer? Yeah. Second of all, does my picture really look any different than someone who took it 20 years ago? Even? Or 10 minutes ago. Yeah, 10 minutes ago, Just 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Does it really look any different? Right. So the, the market is saturated and there's not much demand. Mm-hmm. Smart approach for in terms of business. What would be smart is to shoot fashion or cars or architecture, things that need constant updating, things where people need good images of this thing they're trying to sell Mm -hmm. because then they'll give you some of that money that they're going to make right so it took me a long time to realize like a fine arts a luxury so people aren't going to really buy it anyway right half dome has not changed yeah half dome's not any different (laughs) you're not going to do anything that special there sport like ansel adams shot it way better the guy 10 minutes before you shot it way better. Mm-hmm. So And the guy in 10 minutes yeah, is going to shoot it. He's going to shoot it better than you two. <laughs> and they're all going to look basically the same. So, um, so Crap. Yeah. So I, I kind of felt like, you know, when I eventually had that realization, it's just kind of like, what the hell am I going to do? Well, you're, how old are you at this point with a slap in the um, face of like, damn it. I get it. it that the first was time. probably 2000... Eight-ish. Okay. Yeah. So, so a couple years in. A couple years in. Um, and I still hadn't fully let go of that. Right. But I had reached a point where I was so broke and I was spending so much money that I, I said, like, I have to bring money in. It doesn't matter how. I need to bring money in. Otherwise, this thing's failing and I got to go to Starbucks. Uh, and that's a scary thing to say. Scary because, I mean, fail- no one likes failure for one. But also... This, was, this would be the ultimate failure. I'm deciding what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I've failed a year and a half in, right. two years in. And as an artist, that, that's a scary thing. Yeah. As we put ourselves out, we create something and go, I hope you love it enough yeah, to it's, buy it. Yeah, it's not like something I engineered that yeah. just took you know number, numbers and math and my brain. It was something that came like from deep inside me. I'm bearing it all out. This is important to me. I hope you like it. And everyone's saying, no, we don't like it. Yeah. So Don't like that case. Any, any creative endeavor, it's so much harder to take criticism, I think, because yeah. it, it really is a personal reflection of, of you, and they're basically saying no to you. Yeah. They're rejecting um, your taste, style, creation, everything. Exactly. And it's painful. Very painful. I mean. Especially young. Yeah, especially young, right? especially with low self-esteem. I mean, yeah. all the things, especially after all the n- non-success with ladies up until that point. Like, all this was piling up. Like, there's nothing I'm really that great at other than photography, and I'm finding out that I'm not that great at it. So, um, The one love you have is who's rejecting <laughs> She's you. She's turning her back on me. 
So you will be turning your cameras in at a pawn shop in Found Valley soon. Full <laughs> <laughs> <Whole> circle. <laughs> yeah, it comes around. I'm part of the cycle. I bought it for myself. Whoa. Yeah. Some kid like who's Nolan 13 movie. buys Yeah, Christopher Nolan movie. He's probably going to steal this. It's all right. Fine with me. Yeah. Long um, it's a good, long if it's a good photographer. Exactly. Yeah. In the end, Nick saves somebody, gives out a kidney, happy ending. Turns out he saves himself. He saves himself with yeah. his own kidney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, it was tough to come to that realization, but you know, in 2008, I uh, so badly needed to get money in the door that um, a friend of mine who's actually on the other side of the country, we mostly just wrote to each other. Uh, he emails said, or letters? Emails. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you wrote letters. Not that you guys long are ago. really tight. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was emails. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he said, like, you just need to get money in the door. Just put out an ad on Craigslist for some photography lessons, you know, uh, just camera lessons. I'm sure there's people that need that. So I did that, and it kind of blew up. Like, there was way more demand for that than I ever expected. Okay, now. To, to do that, right, you, you, to say, okay, I'm going to teach you photography, how good of a photographer were you in the, in the ability to, to teach and know the camera, the f-stops, the shutter speeds, reciprocity, the whole gamut? Like, did you think you could do that, or is this just kind of like, I'm going to do it? So luckily, the technical stuff I had always found so interesting that I had gotten that down pretty good. Okay. Um, I, looking back on it, the artistry was not there. And I was I was not a good artist, but um, that's the, either you have it or you build it. Yeah, but it's rare. Like just oh, within a year or two, I'm I'm damn good at this. Yeah, right. So it's taken me a long time to build, and I don't I'm not even close to there yet. You will get better. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm glad to hear that because I, I hope I never hit a peak. I don't want to hit a peak because then the game's over. Right. Um, no, you will get better. Well, that's good. Yeah, you because I want to get better. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm that good. And and I'm saying this for somebody who's been doing it. Like you'll see yourself in ten years and go, God. I can't believe what I took 10 years ago. Like, I, I wanted to sell to people. I always, tell, I always tell my students that. Like, when you look back on your photos and you think they were terrible, it's a great sign. That means you're getting better. Right. Yeah. So I hope that keeps going. So um, there's a market now. People are knocking on your door to learn yeah. how to take a picture. And, and I found out pretty quick I'm actually a decent teacher. So I'm able to communicate a concept pretty well. Okay. So even if I didn't. Where do you think you get that from? Um, my dad actually was a teacher he's an optometrist but he he would teach at wow, the optometry that, school you got an optometrist a musician mm-hmm. and a coder you're set as a photographer your <laughs> eyes are good someone's exactly. playing the music and someone's helping with your back it's actually work. really cool too because he would teach me about optics you know a little bit right and he'd, he'd make analogies to the eye and then he's t- yeah he's touching a little bit mm-hmm. of what you're doing yeah yeah so we, we he told me he was the first one to tell me about slr cameras and all that kind of stuff so um so he's been uh, amazingly supportive on that. So his teaching kind of rubbed off a little bit. Uh, I think it kind of runs in our family. Okay. I, it's, it sounds weird, but um, both of my brothers are, are very good at um, helping someone else understand something in simple terms. Uh, like my brother, he's a musician. He's he's really good at explaining kind of the complex topic of music. Um, if anyone cares to listen, you know, he's we just tend to be pretty good at explaining things. Um, okay. So I was lucky on that front. So the, the teaching kind of caught on, and I was doing pretty good at it. And the good news is, you know, most of the students were, you know, brand-new photographers who got a camera that's way over their head. You know, they, they picked up a Canon 5D at the time or, you know, whatever. And they really only needed to learn shutter speed, aperture, ISO, 
exposure compensation, white balance, you know, pretty mm-hmm. simple things to just send teach them on their way. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I should catch myself. They're not always simple to teach. Some people really suck at teaching that stuff. Um, yes. Especially oh, yes. online. And, and I would have so many students over the years come to me and I would teach them Shutter Aperture and ISO after they had tried to learn it online with YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would, I heard it so many times that I, I learned more in one lesson with you than I did in, you know, whatever, X number of hours online or right. this entire course that I took or whatever. So uh, I was able to distill those kind of technically complex topics uh, down for people. It's a very simple forms. Yeah. So, and that's what those people need. That's what they need. Yeah. And you know, without overcomplicating it, so many te- teachers get into, Oh, I'm going to teach you manual metering right now. And it's like, uh, they got to learn ISO first and they got to learn, you know, right. that the shutter speed affects motion blur first. And let's face it. A lot of these people are just taking pictures of their kids playing soccer yeah, they or want a want decent the, family photo. They want the quick, easy way right. to get the shot they, they're envisioning. Right. So, you know, I, I was able to do that, and um, that was in need at the time. So I became quite successful as a teacher, so I was doing private lessons, and I was working out of my bedroom at my parents' house, so I was actually just visiting people at their homes or meeting them at Starbucks or something. And I had little visual aids on my computer and all this kind of stuff. And I'd walk them through all the buttons on their camera. And um, that kept growing. And then I started teaching classes at the local community center in Irvine. So uh, how'd you find that? Because um, I saw that doing some research on you that you yeah. were working at that local Irvine center. How did you stumble upon and say like, I can teach people? <laughs> <laughs> Again, that, that foolish, ridiculous <laughs> confidence, I guess. Uh, and coupled with a very strong need to make money. So um, yeah, I just thought, well, there's community or, or maybe someone even mentioned it like you know there's there the community most center, cities have right. community centers where they mm-hmm. teach photography or whatever so um i just looked into it irvine fine arts center um was teaching photography and i came up with this idea for a landscape photography class and started teaching that and then um you know those students who took the class wanted more classes so i came up with some more and it just kind of kept growing and growing snowballed on you mm-hmm. Yep. And, and when then, they uh, were pretty open to it, like, hell, sure, this yeah, is great. they're great. I love the people at Front, Irvine Fine Arts Center. They're some of the coolest, most laid-back people, and they're very supportive. And you That's know, good. At one point, they let me even do my private lessons there, and they didn't, you know, tell right. me to shoe or charge me or anything. So That's fantastic. Yeah, they're really, really great people. So um, that's a bit of a little life raft. Yeah, yeah, they were great. And, you know, they did all the promotion, really. So I just kind of showed up and contract Smiled, instructor. did and your thing. Did my thing. And um, that was great for a while. But then I got so busy that I needed to open my own uh, center, my own office. It wasn't cutting it, driving everyone's home anymore. So I got an office in uh, Tustin with a classroom and a little private lesson room. And uh, I've been there since uh, coming up on nine years. Okay. Um, so I started doing more classes there. Now, what made you workshops. think like this can work to the next level because it's one thing going to a community center it's the next thing when you're like i'm going to rent space that's huge um necessity really okay you were you were feeling like you could cover it yeah because now you got to rent yeah it's one thing if 12 people don't show up at the class luckily i was still living at home okay i had no rent there rent to the to the the, uh yeah business i I didn't have any i didn't have much overhead in my life so it was relatively easy to take that on. My parents, God bless them, they uh, co-signed on the lease for me so I could get it. Thank um, you, Mom and Dad. Thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> they believed in me. And um, uh, at that point, my class offerings, my group class offerings were very limited because I was just doing it at the Fine Arts Center and they didn't mm-hmm. need 
me to teach everything. So I only had two classes there. But by getting this office space with a classroom, I knew I could start offering oh, a beginner's class and a, a filters class. And I could start branching out. More. Right. And then I would get to keep the entire profits. Granted, I'm paying rent, but uh, the Fine Arts Center isn't taking 50%. Right. So, How'd you find the place? You just go around with a realtor? and Literally look? just drove around. Looking for Yeah, just looking for an office space. That's and, cool. I uh, looked at an industrial space in Mission Viejo. I looked at a couple places in Tustin, a couple places in Lake Forest, and uh, drove by this building in Tustin and saw the leasing sign on it. So Stumbled in and said, I... Yeah, and the, it was perfect. I mean, because almost no other building would have suited the needs so perfectly because okay. it, it had this long, kind of skinny room. Like a little, like, long conference room kind of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it perfectly fit, like, four eight-foot tables with three chairs each. But Perfect. For, for any other purpose, it wouldn't be that useful. And right. I found out it was actually a, a children's tutoring center before I got there. So Great. Yeah, it was basically a, a school. Um, so I rented that, and uh, I will be concluding that probably sometime between now and September. I'm trying to get out of the lease so I can start working from home because the classes have completely disappeared. Um, right. So I don't need it anymore. But it uh, served me really well for a long time. And the teaching business um, was very very successful but I found at some point that I was tired of never taking pictures you know I was just always telling other people how to take how pictures how to take pictures yeah so I was getting a little burned out on that so then that led to the architectural photography stuff so let's pause for a second for our sponsor before resetting our conversation with Nick so how do you stumble into architectural because you're you know that's a that's a not a simple thing to <laughs> dive into all of a sudden how to yeah. photograph a building yep yeah, so I'd been doing, you know, landscape photography almost exclusively, um, which is architectural adjacent, but it's not quite there. Right. You know, it's similar equipment, similar approaches, but still a lot to learn. But you've um, got to keep lines straight. You can't keep lines everything straight. Everything can't look yep. like a pyramid. Yep. Got to learn how to square up. Got to learn how to use a shift lens, all right. that kind of stuff. Is um, that how you f find yourself getting into large format? Um Kind of because eventually. Because of that ability to correct? Kind of eventually. That was more due to a, a big slump I hit where I, I was ready to give up photography. And I just needed something that was exciting again. Okay. If I happened to be that. But the architectural stuff I got into because I've been going to Pro Photo Connection here in Irvine since I was about 14 or 15. They, they've known me forever. And John, the manager over there, has known me forever. And um, I just went into him one day. I'm like, Hey, do you, you know any like architectural photographers that maybe would let me tag along and kind of learn about it a bit and maybe help them or something? Um, he gave me a few names. Uh, one of the guys was on his way out, so he said, nah, I don't really have anything. And another guy, uh, I think, never got back to me or he's too busy or something. But then uh, another guy uh, at that same time was going to John and saying, uh, I need another shooter. Do you know anybody that could train up? Wow. And so he hooked us up. and um, That's luck. Yeah, incredible luck. And we're like, he, he always says we're like yin and yang. He has a very different approach to things than me. I'm more structured and organized. He's much more like, yeah, we'll figure it out when we get there. Loosey-goosey, yeah. But yeah. it ends up working together really well because um, he now basically takes care of all the client, client interaction um, or delegates that to a guy who handles the client interaction. And he's... Um, and I do pretty much all the shooting, which is which I prefer doing. I, I don't like really interacting with the clients if I don't have to. So I just get an address, show up, shoot this building, make it look good, send off the files, and then I don't really have to 
ever have to deal with with uh, the stuff I don't like dealing with, which is billing and you know back and forth with clients and all that kind of stuff. When so. you first started out, are you shooting film or digital? So uh, that, at that time, I was all digital, and okay. um, he I went out with a with him on a few shoots, and he showed me you know how to do shift lenses and how to square up and some compositional stuff and right you know it's funny a lot goes into making a building look appeasing oh yeah beautiful especially the buildings i'm shooting right um yeah you're not shooting ones that are just gorgeous yeah they're complexes they're just that's it yeah because i I don't shoot for architects so i mean shooting for architects is great because it's like it's brand new it's fresh they're proud of the work so they want it to look good and all that I shoot for uh, commercial real estate, so they're they're trying to sell it. So they need it yesterday. They need a ton of photos. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't have budget for lighting, or we don't have time for lighting, or any of that kind of stuff. So it's all exposure blended, which I'm not crazy about, but it's fine. Um, so the type of client jives well with me too, because I tend to work very fast and I get very frantic when I shoot, um, which works really well for them because they want a, a wide variety of photos. Okay. And we don't have time for lighting anyway, which I, I don't know that I would have the patience for. Um, even though it does look way better. Right. Um, so it's a really good uh, type of photography for my personality, but more than that, it's like it's consistent work. Um, I have a great relationship with the, the guy who started the business originally, um, and we're, we kind of tag team things that are higher end, and um, it's, it's worked, worked really well. And then now the photography class side of it is gone completely. Private lessons are almost gone completely and will be soon. And then I just still have the online courses going, so. Has there been any buildings you've come to and you're like, oh, I got a good one? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's actually really fun about it is every shoot's different. And sometimes I shoot really dumpy, crappy properties, which can be as fun. Right. Because, you know, I mean, every photographer loves a little bit of urban decay and all that stuff. So I get to photograph that a bit. Um, but then sometimes I'll shoot these like nice high end tens of millions of dollars worth properties that have just been redone and it's, it's posh and it's cool and it's hip and it's mid century or whatever I'm into. And that's equally as fun because every picture is looking awesome. Right. I don't even have to try that hard. It's yeah. It's all working for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, for a long time when I started doing this architectural photography, I was a little not proud of it and not proud of um, the type shooting. of architectural photographer I was because okay. I'm Just not doing shooting. lighting. Right. And it, it's like, it's hacky to a lot of architectural photographers. And I get that. If you're mm-hmm. shooting for, you know, a, a high-end architect or you're shooting for some high-end magazine. $100 million building. Yeah, and, and you're raking the carpet and you're bringing in lighting and you got someone staging all the furniture and every mm-hmm. fo- and you're scouting the photos ahead of time and you're, you're really doing it, quote-unquote, the right way. I get why they might look down on what I do, and um, I don't care anymore, luckily, but it, it kind of bothered me for a little while, but what I do is much more run and gun, it's exposure blend. And That's natural. There's always a look up to like what they're doing at the higher end. Yeah, sure. And then they look down like, oh, I wouldn't do that. But, but you got to pay the bills. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it for one, and also, I mean, the work is much more consistent. Right. Like, I'm just always busy, Yeah. and I'm not waiting for... You know, let's say the housing market crashes or the economy crashes. I'm probably still going to be as busy, if not busier. People won't be building 
Right. So if you're an architectural photographer for architects or builders, you may not be working for a few months. Or years. Yeah, or years. But I'll probably still be working because whether it's an up economy or down economy, people are constantly shuffling properties. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to move their money from here to there. And even if the building doesn't sell, they're still trying. Right. So I'm still so getting hired. They got to make it look good. So right. they're bringing in somebody to make their pictures of their beautiful building. Right. So it, it's been really great for me. And my my he calls me a partner, my business partner now, because um, he's been so happy with the work I've delivered that he says I'm basically equal owner. But um, that's nice. Yeah, it's awesome. And he he's like the coolest guy in the world. He, he wants me to succeed more than like anybody I know. Like he, he really genuinely wants me to to do well. And I'm constantly grateful that that he's in my life and he's given me so much work and everything um but we work really well together uh it's nice being on a team because i mean anyone who's been like a a solo photographer knows that it can get kind of hard because you got nothing no one to commiserate with Mm -hmm. you know when a client's pissing you off or, or you got it could be lonely yeah and you got you got no support if you feel like you need to go handle something um but you know if i'm in a real bind i can call the guy who does the scheduling just be like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I can't make it happen today. Like, like when I had to put my dog down a couple, a few years ago, like that, or a couple years ago, that was one of those days where I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I can't do it today. And he's right. just like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And right. he just reschedules it. I don't have to worry about it. So having like the team around me is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but you know, it, it's a, the type of work is a grind. Um, I think most people would hate it. I, I'm always joking with my business partner. I'm like the best job security we have is who the hell else is going to do this? Right. Like, you can't be prideful. You have to be willing to photograph ugly stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to put up with a lot of, like, property managers not doing their job and kind of annoying stuff that if you're mm-hmm. a prima donna, you would just walk. Right. But you have to put up with it, and you have to swallow it, and you got to just do it. you got to drive all over the place. Like, there, there's plenty of downsides, especially sucks in the summer because, like, you're out shooting a retail center on tarmac for eight hours with no shade right like we got sent to photograph a um a a vegas retail center this past august and dude it got so hot when i was taking pictures and my camera stopped working i have a i have a 5d mark IV. i literally got a warning on the back like your camera's too hot you can't take pictures that was just from being in the sun (laughs) Like, just from me trying to get a, a bracketed shot. Just composition. Yeah. In the sh- <laughs> so I had to move into the shade, and I'm, I'm all, I look like a dork. I got my wide brim hat, and I got my, my sun sleeves on and my shorts, and, like, I'm all slathered in sunscreen. Like, there's so much Very sexy look. It. Yeah. Right. Very sexy look. Yeah. If you're proud and you want to be sexy <laughs> photographer with your tripod slung over your shoulder and you're going to take on the world, it's not the right job for you. Yeah. So, f- thankfully, I'm... I'm okay with that. It actually works pretty well for me because, um, I don't know, I guess, again, going back to the low self-esteem, I don't expect me, I, I don't expect deserving much more than that. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> well, of course the camera overheated. <laughs> it's me. I'm even like, why do I deserve AC? You know? <laughs> like, I'm, I don't have a college degree. I, I'm, yeah, I'm supposed to be out here Only guys baking in the heat. degrees <laughs> So... Let me tell you a secret. It's true, actually. If you have a college degree and you're in Vegas, there's a woman that follows you around with a fan, and she oh, just kind yeah. of blows you off. I didn't know about her because yeah. I didn't get the college degree, so the they college. don't tell me about no, that. No, no. 
Yeah, she's a beautiful woman. <laughs> of course. Yeah. She's fanning college de- right. college graduates. You yeah. should see if you have a master's degree what oh, happens. Oh, oh. <laughs> two fans. Two ladies, yeah, <laughs> two, ladies two fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I missed out on that not going to college, but um, it's okay. Yeah. So it, it's been a a very interesting path towards being, you know, a working photographer. And then the whole YouTube thing is just a completely weird aspect to my life um, that's been awesome and incredible and led to, you know, more business success and everything. Um, but, you know, I, I told my wife this a little while back, like, um, where I am now in my career is light years different from what I was picturing. Well, right. But it's yeah. also light years better. Like, sure. It's so much better than what I had pictured. And I never could have planned getting to where I am now. Um, so what do you tell, and, and we're not done with this podcast by any means, but like, what do you tell 18-year-old Nick right now? Because it's not like you're 75-year-old Nick. Yeah. Right? So you're not like... You, 75-year-old Nick's going to be telling me something else. Right. You got like grandkids on your lap, and you're like, let me tell you a little secret. No, like, so what do you tell, not that far away... You removed from 18-year-old Nick right now. What would you have tell him? Yeah, I mean... Because I hope a lot of people are listening. I hope so. I mean, I definitely don't have it all figured out. I'm probably sounding like I think I do, but I, I definitely don't. But and it doesn't. you don't need to. No, just, I, what I, would you I don't, tell? and I hope I don't. But younger me, I mean, the first thing I'd tell me is just... Can we cuss on this? Yes. Just fucking relax. <laughs> like, that's what I'd tell me is, just fucking chill out, man. Like, you're not going to be able to plan this to death. Yeah. You, you cannot plan where you're going to end up. Oh. So go with the flow, relax, have some fun. And in terms of like straight nuts and bolts, bolts business, start offering something people actually want. Right. Because what you're offering right now, they don't want. So whatever you can find that is palatable to you, you don't have to like it. It's just got to be palatable. Go do that. It's not mm-hmm. going to be portraits because I know you're about to try that. Right. But you're going to hate it. Don't even bother. Don't don't try and make that work. Try teaching. Turns out you really like that. So try that. Uh, maybe try some architectural stuff because you're going to like that a lot one day. And start shooting film again because you are going to burn out bad on photography with film out of your life. Right. So just get back into it now because you might as well avoid that whole downturn you're going to experience in 2012. Would you tell young Nick – um, you know, junior college isn't so bad. <laughs> take a couple of courses and maybe there's a business one. I'd probably tell them to take business courses. Right. I don't know about photography courses, right. but, but um, just take some business courses. Yeah. Learn, learn how to run a business. Business. Yes, absolutely. Because forever, if you think you're going to be a photographer, you're going to touch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I would also tell myself to maybe even take a class on architecture or geography. Like, okay. learn your subject. And you'll probably make better photos. Um, That's interesting on the geography. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and funny enough, I ended up taking a geography class many years later so I could meet chicks. This is okay. after a girlfriend and I broke up. Of course. Up. Sure. And that's how I well, met my course. wife. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> she a geologist? She, no, no, no. Oh, okay. she, she was doing it she for just, credits. She's yeah. into rocks, too. <laughs> <laughs> she's into fashion, but she was doing it for credits. Yeah. So, um, so that actually worked out. Thank God you took that course. Seriously. I know. Jesus. I think about that all the time. You'd still be angry. Nick, I, with a little... I, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Angry never getting laid, Nick. He's yeah. no fun. That's a bad sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so luckily that worked out. Good. Um, yeah, but I, I think it is important to 
um, learn about your subject. Uh, I had a student, um, is actually a, a father-daughter uh, team that uh, did some private lessons with me, and I, I really love them. Both such great personalities. The, um, the dad ended up hiring me to do some uh, corporate uh, teaching gigs for his company, but wow, that's nice. Yeah, really cool. So he's a really great guy, super gregarious, really supportive of his daughter. And um, his daughter was at that age where she was going to start looking at colleges. And they came and asked me, you know, like she's really interested in photography. Should she, you know, go to college for photography? And I asked her, I'm like, what are you interested in, like taking pictures of? She said, fashion. I said, she probably goes college for fashion. Or, or at least make that a big part of it, you know, right. major it's, in fashion, minor in photography, or vice versa, or something. You're going to touch it. Yeah, you, you got to be really, you know, you have to care a lot about your subject if you want to take really good photos of it day in and day out for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you don't care about your subject, you have to really enjoy the process of something about that subject, right. you know. Uh, like even if you're shooting products or something, maybe you're not passionate about the product, but the 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 game of figuring out how to best highlight that product, if that's enough right. to drive your passion, then cool. But um, I do wish I know I knew more about architecture, um, and you know geography. When I took that class, even though it's just to meet chicks, there was a. And by chicks, I mean one chick, my wife. <laughs> I just love like of all the classes you could pick. I know. That's where all the ladies flock like, is geography. All the ladies are all over that class. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what happened. I not, was Not art, <laughs> not drama, not even a women's studies class. Right? That would have been much smarter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was I was looking through the list of courses. Was the weight room not like... <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Was weight room not available? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even more chicks over yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was looking through Very the... Very Sally. <laughs> Maybe in a different life. Right. Uh, I was I was looking through the list of courses and I was trying to find something where I'm like, oh, where's this going to be a lot of ladies? And, you know, was, I was thinking all fashion and everything. And I'm just like, the odds of me meeting someone are pretty slim. I should just take a course I want to take. So I took geography. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, my, my low self-esteem kicked in and, and saved the day because I was like, who are, you, who are you kidding? You're not going to meet a chick. Just take a course you want to take. So Thank I took God geography. there was this angel in there that, <laughs> exactly. that took you in. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will say, to your point, there was like, there was no chicks in that class, right. really, or at least none that I'd be interested in. Right. And she was on the other side of the room. There was a, a desk next to her. I literally walked in first day. I'm like looking for what ladies are in right. there. Saw her, blonde hair. I'm like. All right, done. sit down over there. Boom, sold. Yeah, sealed the deal. It's done. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Super romantic. Right. Yeah, very romantic yeah. origin story. Yeah, <laughs> there's 16 guys in there and one woman. Oh, oh, there's the odds. There you go. Hey, man, so I wasn't overwhelmed with choices. Right. She wasn't, she just didn't have a chance, yeah. really. Just one gem and much easier to find that way. That's it. That's all you need. (laughs) So at least that's what you would have told young Nick. I think so. Let's get it, you know, get it together. There's, there is a easier path. It's an easier path here. You can at least start being successful earlier. You know, you're probably still going to have to go through the same difficulties of, of trying to make it work, but, um, let's at least get started on it earlier and, you know, just relax. It's going to work out. Okay. Right. As long as you keep working hard, and I have a decent work ethic, so that's kind of the best job security, really. Right. Is, um, you know, as long as you have that little bit of panic of not having work, you'll keep finding work. It's if you get complacent, I think, and, you know, you're not worried about, oh, where am I going to find money? <laughs> then, 
maybe it's that's going to go too far and you just won't look for how to make money anymore. Right. So you got to have a little bit of that kind of hunger of a little bit of panic of I need to make sure I get some money in next month. Right. Um, well, you touched on a little bit and you said 2012. Yeah. And your eyes kind of crossed and you're <laughs> kind of teared up. Shiver a little, go yeah, up my spine. Yeah, a little uh, prison scare. <laughs> like what happened in 12? Uh, I just hit a really low point in my photography. I hadn't started the architectural stuff yet. Um, so it's just, it's all teaching. Okay. Um, and I just hit this breaking point where I was so ready to give it up. It just wasn't fun. Wasn't I, sexy enough? Wasn't fun. I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't challenging myself. wasn't pushing myself or anything like that. And I think a lot of it is I was, again, telling people how to take pictures. I wasn't really doing it myself. So I wasn't really doing what I got into it for. Um, I was real jaded on the community, too. I mean, the, the photography community, especially... I hate to split it up to digital and, and film, but the, the digital photography community can be kind of abrasive sure. sometimes. No, it and, can be. Um, they can make you really feel like your equipment sucks. And right. Stuff, stuff and, like that. And so. there's a weird divide among because there's the older guys like me that used to shoot film, mm -hmm. and now we're shooting majority of digital because that's what their clients prefer. There's the new people that have gotten in, and they only want to shoot film because they think that that's mm -hmm. cool and hip. And there's people that have only done digital, and yeah. they look at you going, why would you ever? Yeah, why ever, the hell would you ever do ever? that? Ever. Like, I can, I can post these right now on Instagram, yeah, and it's right. fantastic. Right. you got to go to some place and wait two weeks to get your yeah. you know, film process. So there's this weird conundrum about how everybody looks at each other instead of they're all doing the same cool thing yeah it's all like it's different Chill, different relax. mediums of the same thing it took me a long time to kind of realize that it's like oils and acrylics and watercolor like it's different mediums for visual arts there's no reason we can't all get along and we don't have to all make each other feel bad because we're using a Canon instead of a Sony or we're, you right. know, we shot at the wrong aperture or something like that. And th those little things about the community where it's kind of this competitiveness and this uh, kind of famine mentality of there's only so many people out there who need us and we're all slitting each other's throats to, you know, get ahead. Mm -hmm. I just really didn't enjoy that. Because I didn't get into photography because it's a competitive sport. I got it because it's a fun individual activity. You fell um, in love with it. Yeah, I fell in love with it. And the competition part of it was never part of that. So part of it was the, the community and the, the just teaching everybody and not really taking much pictures. But mainly, you know, if I'm being completely honest, my work was stale. I was not creating anything that was meaningful to me. I was mostly taking pictures that I thought my students would ooh and ah at. Right. Which is never a good motivation. No. So No, that's dangerous. Very dangerous motivation. When you're shooting for the people below you. And I don't mean that yeah. in the wrong way, but just people that are newbies into yeah. it. More beginners. And, right. They'll you know. ooh and ah at anything because they mm -hmm. can't figure out their camera, no less to make Absolutely. that picture. Yeah, you make the ocean look like fog with a 13-second shutter speed, and their heads are exploding, and you right. feel like a god. I mean, yeah. it's not... Yes, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know. I can show you how to do that, but, you know. I'm not going to, because you're not ready yet. <laughs> you're That's not, in course number three. Sport. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I, I was getting, you know, positive feedback probably from the wrong, um, the wrong crowd, for one, but... And that's also, the thing about being a lone wolf. Yeah. 
It's no you one, don't. You don't. No, there's no one really to put you in check that's at your same level. Right. You know? It's like or, or above you. Right. And most people are nice. They don't want to tell you, hey, your work sucks. You need to do better. Yeah. Or your mom's some, telling you the best thing ever. That's part of the problem is I got the wrong audience. I'm, you know, everyone around me is going to support me. Right. So and there's nothing wrong with them doing that. But I, I need to seek it somewhere else. Because um, you always have to have that fire. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you got to be motivated to get better. And, you know, I've never sought a critique and I still don't. It's probably not to my benefit that I don't seek critiques, but I generally don't like my my work to evolve that way. Um, Interesting. Why do you think that is? Because um, I, I worry critiques will just lead to more pleasing a certain crowd. Okay. And it's just going to be a different crowd now. It's just going to be other photographers that are as knowledgeable as me or more knowledgeable. And why am I trying to impress them either? Right. You know, so it, it, I eventually had to really ask myself, like, why am I doing this? Um, and and I, I literally did sit down and ask myself, what are the reasons you take photos? And I need to put these out clearly so that I can stick to them because I'm deviating too much. And it all came back to I basically wanted to, to take pictures that I would like to see hanging on my own wall, mm -hmm. uh, pictures that I'd like to see in print. Um, or pictures that have never been done before, but that's pretty unlikely. Right. Most pictures have been Just done. Just a different variation. Yeah, of maybe it. If it's a different enough variation, I'll do it. Right. But mostly it's I wanted to create something that I would put on my own wall or I'd be proud to put on my own wall. And I didn't have any of my own pictures hanging on my wall. Really? Yeah. It's all colorful landscapey stuff. I hate that stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great on a magazine cover, but it looks terrible on a wall, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um Again, I don't want to offend anybody. This is a personal opinion thing. I don't like it on my own walls. Right. You know, right. I, I tend to gravitate towards mid-century, you know, a little more muted, craftsman mid-century, kind of the older style stuff that there wasn't these crazy popping colors of, you know, epic landscapes of water flowing around a rock. Like, he, there was no, that type of work wasn't really hanging in those types of places. Mm -hmm. Might be hanging in like a, a cabin in Wyoming or something. Sure. But that wasn't what I was into. So uh, I eventually tried to start taking pictures that were more of a color palette that uh, I would like to see hanging on my own wall and subject matter that I would like to see hanging on my own wall. Um, looking at photographers that I admired, I came to the conclusion that I tend to like pictures that are either ultra simple or ultra complex, but I don't really like the stuff in between. So. Um, like, uh, one of my favorites is Andreas Gursky. Okay. And he does these generally very complex photos. In, very elaborate, right? Yeah, very yeah. elaborate. And, like, you know. They're scenes. They're yeah, movie scenes. They're, they're huge prints, and there's a lot to look at. So, like, he has a, a picture of the 99 cent store that's, like, one of his most famous ones. And it's just the, the rows of shelving going off in the 99 cent store with a few people in between. And that's not a, a particularly difficult photo to take but if it's printed up big you could look at it for like a half hour just like looking at all the different types of products and seeing the patterns and the colors and all that kind of stuff and it makes for a very interesting photo mm -hmm. and then um, Gregory Crutzen who's my other absolute favorite uh, he's one of the only photographers I still look at his work because um, I try to not look at photographers work in general but whoa, 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 why why um, I tend to copy him too much okay yeah so okay. I, I end up subliminally or, or 
Without knowing, yeah, right. Yeah, or even consciously. You move a rock or a building, yeah. Yeah, and, and I really hate, I've been out sometimes where I'm like setting up a shot and then I realize that I'm picturing someone else's photo as I'm doing it, and, and I get so mad. You're trying to replicate mad. it, yeah. yeah. And I, I get so mad at myself. I'm like, right. dude, I did that the other day done. almost, yeah. Yeah, so I... I stopped myself. Whoa, 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 yeah. Don't and, put the rock there. Yeah, don't. Because I just saw that rock Don't there. shoot it just like that. Don't yeah. go for that color palette. That's not what you do. Or mm-hmm. That's not what you like. It's just you saw it, and it looked cool. Right. Um, and I, I'm really bad at, at keeping those things in check just intentionally. So I found the the best way I can avoid it is just not look at other work, and okay. I I feel bad about that because there's so many uh, photographers that support me through YouTube and stuff, and right. I would, I feel like I'm kind of betraying them by not looking at their work or not looking at other people's work. But it's truly a I'm trying to prevent myself from copying people I admire. So right. in fact, one of the biggest compliments is if I tell you I'm jealous of that photo or I can't look at your work. That means I like it too much, and I'm going to start copying it. So, right. um, so I, I try to keep my mind pretty clean with that kind of stuff. And it's um, I also get super jealous, and it puts me in a bad state of mind where I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. So, um, just for my mental state, it's a lot easier to, to not look at people's work. That'll go away as you get older. That would be great. It will, <laughs> as you mature. That it, it, yeah. yeah, you realize like okay, it's definitely. I am confident in myself. That's good. And I can I can do this and I'm not gonna like beat myself up because Greg got a better photo than I did. <laughs> Hell with Greg. Yeah. You know, you'll be like, All right, well, Greg got a good one. Good for him. Yeah, There'll good be for more. him. Now I'm gonna go kick Greg's ass. <laughs> Find myself a landscape. <laughs> Shove it, Greg. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's just that's just, as you get older, you're just kinda like, Oh god. All I, right. I've definitely gotten better with it, uh, as I've gotten older and um you know, we said before we before we started. I think in the beginning, you said I'm I'm kind of an old soul. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. My mom said I was I was born 40 years old. I, I looked that way when I right. you know, came out, just the way I was looking at stuff. Was that um, does that have anything to do with the whiskey and a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came, came Thank out. Thank you, the, lady. I was, uh, a, I was also filing a business right. uh, a business permit. <laughs> set, Boy, up, set up a 401k. I've been in the dark for a while. Thanks for bringing me out. <laughs> yeah. So I. I I, I think I, I'm going to really come into my own when I'm like 40 to 50. I think I'm going to finally will. feel more comfortable in my yeah. own skin. Cause I, I've, I don't want to turn into a therapy session and lay you down on a couch, but <laughs> you will. You, no, it's it, fine with it's, me. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've gotten more and more comfortable in my own skin with every passing year. I mean, I look back on my 20s and just what a mental wreck I was. Hmm. And I look st- back even five years ago what a yeah. mental wreck I was. And it's, it's nice to calm down and, you know. And not, you're still very young in your career. Uh, thank you. I mean, Thanks. you really are in in terms of like shooting time. Makes me feel better. Thanks. I mean, yeah. I mean, because it's not like what's what it. Let's say you started what oh seven oh six oh seven. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. And legit time of shooting. Yeah. Not teaching, going out. You are very early in your career. Well, that's good. I, I hope. To improve. I mean, I mean, when, this isn't the ten thousand hour theory thing, you know. Yeah. Repli- this is just in like an onion. Instead of peeling away, it's putting on mm. the onion. Sl- yeah, you're still a very small onion. Good. Yeah, you're not like the one that's the big one sitting in the one corner. One of those cocktail onions. Yeah, yeah, you're just a cocktail <laughs> onion. Everybody likes it, drops it in there, it's good. You're not the big one that makes everybody cry. <laughs> well, that's. I'm glad to hear that. That, yeah. that does make me feel a little better because I, I really, with the success of the YouTube 
stuff I got going and everything, I, I do worry about peaking and I, I worry about repeating myself too much in terms of compositions and work, which I definitely do, but um, I try to let that run its course and not force myself out of it. Um, but I, I definitely worry about, you know, maybe this is as good as I'm ever going to get, or maybe, you know, this is as much as I'm ever going to enjoy it, or maybe this is as much as anyone's ever going to care about it. Um, <laughs> and I hope that's not the case because. One of the things I've always loved about photography and pursuing it as a career is I'm not looking forward to retirement. Oh. I, I have no desire to I'm right to there retire. with you. So it'll just be in a different form, I'm sure. Maybe I'll go back to teaching more or something, you know, something that's fun but not super high pressure. But It's just going to take me longer to take pictures. That's how I <laughs> yeah, look at exactly. it. I'll still be making them, yeah. but I'm just going to take longer. I'm down with that, too. Yeah. yeah. I might get away with more photos, too, if I'm a... You know, right, you're seventy-five old man. Slippers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. oh, grandpa, <laughs> a building owner isn't going to yell at me yeah. for taking a picture of the building this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just old Nick out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's uh, probably going to be mostly good years ahead. But um, well, you touched that third rail. Let's talk about YouTube because I said that's how I discovered you. Yeah, like a k-pop star <laughs> but more handsome more handsome way taller <laughs> how did you come about like i'm gonna dive into youtube um ben horn is a youtuber who does okay. large format stuff he does okay. all eight by ten i saw him do some of his um on location stuff where he he, he calls them you know video logs or right. vlogs or whatever mm -hmm. um and i just thought it was really cool it was, it was fun to watch and um looked like it might be fun to make them so, uh, you know, when I go out and do, like, a camping thing solo, there's a lot of time to kill because right. you're by yourself. You're just waiting for light and everything. So I thought it might be a good way to fill the time. So I but tried it out. Did you have any experience, like, no. to, to watch Ben do it and then say, like, hmm, I think I'm going to go out with no. a video camera and a microphone. I didn't think it would be anywhere as good as his, and they're still not anywhere as good as did, his. Do you, did you have a video camera or did you have to go get one? Uh, I got a... Uh, Canon Rebel. I was doing the DSLR video method for a okay. while, which is a royal pain in the ass, and I gave that up pretty quick. Right. But um, microphone or did you uh, go shotgun? Luckily, my brother with his uh, audio expertise, you know, he talked me into you know what type of microphone. I was originally just doing a, a Tascam attached to the top of the camera, kind of like shotgun mic. Right. Yep. And eventually went up to a lav mic and um, got so irritated with my Canon Rebel that I got a video camera, like a dedicated video camera. Uh, pathetic little thing. It's a Canon XA20. It's just an old okay. Disneyland camcorder, you know. Right. Um, but it, it works really well for what I'm doing. Um, the depth of field's huge, which is what you need, yeah, right? Which is what I need for run and gun type stuff. And um, yeah, you're not audio, doing cinema. Yeah, it's yeah. got XLR inputs for audio and you know external controls for the volume. Right. And, um, really good autofocus. So it, it fits the bill really well for me. But I, I am the first one to acknowledge it. It's pretty, pretty basic equipment <laughs> and, okay. um, I, I try and lean much more on uh, the storytelling side of it and the editing side of it than the visuals okay. so you know I was going to do sliders and drones and all the kind of fancy stuff but it, it doesn't work well for me when I'm out there. Oh, I'm God. You're, spread so thin. And you need to carry a trailer behind the truck. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how guys like Ben do it. I mean, uh, he's, his visuals are just incredible, way better um, and uh, you know, a lot of guys do drone stuff and all that, and I just I haven't been able to get myself to do it. it it's enough. It's frustrating enough as it is 
to make the videos that I just can't put anything else in there that's gonna make it more frustrating, so. All right, now, so who taught you the back-end post-production work? Because that is a lot of work. Uh, my brother kind of got me started on that because he okay. does the video production. Okay. Um, but a lot of Final it, Cut or iMovie or what'd you do? Uh, start I off. I think I kind of went right into Premiere. Okay, Premiere. So yeah. you dived into, yeah, kept so, into the Adobe e- ecosystem. Yeah. Maybe unfortunately, but um, just because you're roped in. Right. right? You're <laughs> you know? in. Yeah. But um, it's like, okay. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so you can't really leave it. But uh, he kind of got me started on that, and I would learn a little bit here and there on. on YouTube or whatever, but my editing is so simplistic. It's pretty much just, you know, cut here, cut there, overlay the audio, and that's about it. That I was able to kind of fudge my way through it and make enough mistakes that um, I think they're pretty good now. They could be better, but right. um, you know, the editing I think is the main part. They've grown. I've seen them like because you know. I, I during the thing, I said my wife thought like I was stalking, but <laughs> you have to put it on a loop and just get, let it go. Yeah, and I right. went in re- from beginning to end, mm. and it was just like you could see the growth over seven. It's yeah. funny to watch They're, you grow uh, in a week. <laughs> I watched them all. It's like watching you grow in seven years. Also, I post every three months, right. so it's like yeah. <laughs> you go through seven years pretty quick. Yeah, but still, it's like, oh, haircut? No, yeah. no hair on the face, beard? Yeah. Oh, we're dressed up today. Oh, now we're wearing a T-shirt. Oh, here we are in the I, I office. Grew, I agree, yeah. literally. Literally and metaphorically. Yeah, like you did. Oh, somebody's lifting weights. Yeah. yeah. Went through my fedora phase. Yes, your fedora. <laughs> the whole thing. Ooh, we're wearing a tie. And now it's permanent on the internet. Yeah. Great. Right. Yeah, I know. It, it could be worse. It could be. Yeah. Not much. It's not but on it could TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it was good to see the growth and the, and the actual like the shooting style, how you were editing. You were you know it was linear. It was great. I mean. It, I thought for somebody who's going to dive in, he did a good job. Oh, thanks. Because Thank it, it could be frightening. Yeah. Right? Were, I mean, you, were you, were you, did you have any idea? Like, did you storyboard your first um, one or just go, let's see what happens? It's mostly let's see what happens. But I, I try and have a storyboard going in my head as I'm going along. So okay. I'll have shots in mind of like, this would be a good way to bridge that scene to this scene. So I'll do that when I get out there. Uh, this would be a good way to start it. Uh, so I'll have little ideas here and there, but I try and let it go organically because um, is that the, easier, easier to keep the the log in your head of what I'm doing? Yeah, and, and it's kind of the way it has to go because okay. so many of the photos I do, I have a plan to do it a certain way, and it falls apart. I mean, okay. it just it almost always falls apart. Um, so I have to kind of roll with it. Um, I may have a storyboard of I'll scout it this day and then I'll go shoot it this day. But then when I go to shoot it, the lights aren't on that I need it on. And so I got to come back and do it. But I already filmed me sh- going there. So should I include that as part of the failure of the shoot? You know, so I kind of have to take it a- as it comes. Um, and I-, I really try and trim the fat as much as possible. It's the one of my biggest pet peeves when I watch a video on YouTube is someone who's rambling or explaining why they're making a video. And it's like, this thing could have been five minutes and you made it 15. Right. You know, uh, yeah, I thought I'd make a video because a lot of you guys are asking about this video, like all that kind of stuff. Nothing gets me to click to the next video faster. So right. I try and avoid stuff like that. Um, and again, you know, I know I keep bringing up low self-esteem, but it's actually served me pretty well in a lot of the instances. I'm convinced no one wants to watch the videos. They're doing me a favor by watching them. <laughs> So I have to, I got to keep their attention as best I can. I got to give them something worth watching. So I've even had on location videos where I filmed the whole thing and the story was so boring that I just, I just don't bother. Oh, 
<laughs> like the story's boring, the pictures aren't that good, so I'm like, screw it. I'm just not going to do it. You've like it, seen YouTube. There is garbage out there, and you're worried about it. I don't want to be those people. <laughs> you're not close. You're not. Good. We could go down a rabbit hole of garbage. You know? That's definitely true. Jimmy from South Carolina cleaning his lawnmower, you know, showing how to sharpen it. And it's probably got 16 million views. 16 and million got, views because. Mine's got 16K. So. Right. Yeah. So, and then you just wonder, like, gosh, I guess I should go shirtless, put on 80 pounds, and sharpen a lawnmower engine or whatever. Yeah, that might be good for my channel. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> to see what gets views is amazing on YouTube. Oh, it's it's always entertaining to me. So I, I just yeah. it, it's a little glimpse into the psyche of humans. You know, you just you get a sense of what people are really interested in without having to ask anybody. Right. It's all in the numbers. Like yeah. what actually shows up. Yeah. And and you find out that everyone has the same concerns you do, the same questions you do, and the uh -huh. same interests you do. Yeah. It's really funny. But you, and you never know what's going to hit. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Are I've you had, surprised if you put one out and you go, "This is a good one," and then okay, per perfect example. Uh, the one I most recently posted, which is um, taking pictures in Fullerton. Um, yes, yes. So I did donut shop. Uh -huh. and, uh, I finished that video and I posted it, and I was basically depressed the first few hours after I posted. I was telling my wife, "I'm like, it sucks. I hate. It. It's terrible. People are going to hate it, and it is waste of time." That one actually has the highest rate of upvotes to downvotes of any of my videos. So evidently, I have a horrible gauge of you what people are going to like. Damn. Yeah, I can't. So <laughs> I, I have to just remember that I don't know and then just right. put out what I think is good in the moment and then people will decide. I'm going to tell you right now, your advantage is your personality. It comes across very well. Thank you. Right. It's not, I don't know where you're getting this low self-esteem thing. I, the medicine's kicking in when you're on the shoot, but it comes across as genuine. It's fun. It's humorous. Like you're likable. And Thank like you. that was the thing that caught me when I was watching the one Joshua Tree, like, because there's lots of a bazillion videos on like me going to Joshua Tree. And there's some that are way better produced videos than yours. They got the drone illegally in there they're yeah. doing whatever they're shooting backlit whatever and you're like yeah. you're a total Lots douche of yeah you're a douche i am not watching <laughs> you you can't take a picture like i'm yeah. looking at you and you're like ah oh, you don't know what you're doing <laughs> you slap dick get out of here down give you the dislike and i'm not even gonna subscribe <laughs> Yours came across like, yeah, this goober knows what he's doing. I like this kid. Well, thank you. Yeah. That means a lot to me because I um... – So that's the donut shop. Yeah. Like you just – you don't know. Yeah, you don't know for sure. I mean, I think most people are probably a bad gauge of their own how they come across to people. But right. uh, I, I've been pleasantly surprised over and over again by how many people are willing to watch the videos. Um, I'm sure for everyone who l likes – my personality infused to the videos. There's probably one or two who hate it, and they do, they just keep walking. But, yeah, but, um, that's, but that's fine, and I don't and, care. And good, um, good yeah. actually. And and, and luckily, I, I don't depend on YouTube for income. No, and I, I keep it that way because I, I don't, don't want to have to manipulate the way I do things. Mm -hmm. Like I'm planning on doing a video coming up soon. I already filmed it. I just got to edit it. It's probably going to appeal to like, no joke maybe half a dozen people in the entire world because it's a repair on a particular it's a particular repair on a particular camera that if you don't even have the problem it doesn't matter to you but 
I'm going to put it out because if I came across the video, it would have been hugely helpful. So I'm, I'm going to do you it. You know that's going to be the biggest one, right? Probably. Because you know, because <laughs> here's the thing. You don't even realize how many people have that camera. That's and they're true. like, I just need to fix this damn thing. And I don't even know where to get the part. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. this watch, I'm wearing this Timex Iron Man watch. I bought it before there was any reviews and I couldn't find a review on it. So I'm like, oh, I do a stupid review and post it on YouTube. Eh. It's got like 10,000 reviews. <laughs> Timex reached out to me because they, they didn't even have a video. <laughs> they, awesome. I don't know if they thought it was just going to be like some throw in the wind. Yeah. And they reached out to me and were like, oh, we really like you as an influencer. Would you like to like, you know, review some more of our watches? Yeah. I was like, uh, that's awesome. I did it just so the next guy yeah. could figure out if he likes the watch or not. That could be that with that broken part. Well, I think that's that's. Kind of the key to the success that I've had is I don't, I'm not really trying to get free product. I'm not trying right. to, in fact, I have, I get probably, probably three emails a, emails a day of companies trying to get me to do a video for or, a uh, product. Yeah, the Hasselblad. That was one of the, the only ones that I, I agreed, that I agreed to do. Because you look like you were the first time you ever held a baby. You were scared <laughs> to death to touch the thing. <laughs> That's like holding my car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that thing's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was fun to do. And even that, I, I had this way overly thought out moral dilemma of like, should I do this? It's like, yeah, just do it. Who cares? Yeah. But I, I didn't want to, I didn't want my channel to become that, or I didn't want to become a, a camera review channel right. or, or anything like, you know, along those lines. So, um, I think you have a good variable. Yeah. I try and just do what's interesting to me at I mean, the you moment. You spent the summer as an alcoholic drinking on the couch. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's fine. It's COVID, man. What else yeah, can you do? I mean, put on 15 and drink like a <laughs> drunken sailor. I mean, you, you've got to be flexible. That whole series is actually a perfect example of people either absolutely love it or they hate it with a passion. So, and I keep making it because I do it for the people who love it. Right. And, and that's what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Until it becomes like 99% and only your mother likes it, then you put the brakes on. Yeah, even then I might still do it because I, I keep... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to turn into you know, a drinking show. Because <laughs> every time I post a video, I'm, I'm certain it's the one where everyone's going to unsubscribe from me. You know, I right. feel like I'm going to let right. everybody down. So, I mean... Um, don't yeah you can't look at the likes and dislikes and the subscribes that, ah, man, that it's hard not to i know that drive you nuts it's hard not to I, I try to be like I, I tell people the same thing well you, you can't look at that stuff but then i'm looking at it and like someone leaves a shitty comment i'm just like re replying and then refreshing 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 right. it's like it's not would healthy because like, you've done some art shows right where you mm -hmm. got art it would be like m putting a wireless mic up and listening to what people <laughs> said to your work like I like the lines on this. It's very beautiful. It'd be like putting up a it's wireless such... mic that reads their brain. Right. And then you got the one where like, this guy, <laughs> he's going to want how much for this? Come on, honey. Let's go over yeah. it. And yeah. I, could have I a... like the dolphins in the water shot better. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Wyland yeah. painting over it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, That's God. a little local humor for yes, the Yes, yes. Um, yeah, the... the uh, the way my brain works is, I mean, I could get a thousand positive comments, but that one you stop will just eat, a, eat yeah, away at me. you got to stop listening or looking at the missing tile. Yeah. That's it. That's a good way to put it, missing tile. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I try and be better people, at it. A thousand people think, nice job, kid. Yeah, I know. And that's that's incredible. And that's awesome. And I, I've met so many people in person. I was in Sacramento visiting my friend and a, a, a guy there who worked at the restaurant I went to recognized me. And he's told me how much he loved my videos. It was like the best thing in the world to to to, to have that happen. Right. 
that's a, a billion times more powerful right. than the one guy who said, oh, lame pictures. Yeah. But Don't it when, I read that, <laughs> when I read that, that picture of the lame pictures, it's like, dude, I put all this work into this thing. And even if you're right, like, can you word it different at least? You right, know? <laughs> look at it this way. He might have wanted to hit like and just slipped and hit dislike and didn't know. Okay? And then if he says lame pictures about the donut shop, you just reply back, ha, I'm a diabetic. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> just go screw yourself. It's funny on that donut shop, the uh, the shop actually retweeted, or not retweeted, we re-Instagrammed the video that yeah, I made. Yeah, And yeah. they liked it and everything. Right. And I was like giddy. I'm like, oh my God, they like my pictures. <laughs> This is this little, little happy little donut shop, local Fullerton thing. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Was it Sunny Crest? What is it? Sweet O'Donuts. Sweet O'Donuts, yeah. 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 And they're good people, man. A lot yes. of people might have been like, you took a picture of our shop and you owe us money. Yeah, but, you but son of a bitch. They were happy to see it. It's pretty cool. Now, I love the fact that, like, you get irritated by someone's quality of light in their shop. Like, oh, they just don't have enough powerful light bulbs or if they daylight or tungsten I got to work with. Just, like, it's a curse. Right, like that's the photographer in you. Like, oh, yeah. regular Joe's like, well, it looks fine. Yeah. They're like, no, no. Yeah. Their 12 luminous bulb is not cutting it for me. Yeah, it goes so far as to, in, in my apartment complex, there's this apartment I walk by uh, to get from my garage to my apartment and they installed evidently LEDs throughout the whole house, but they did the cool white. Uh-huh. So at night, it looks like a fishbowl. Uh-huh. And I actually get, like, mad. I'm like, how does that not bother them? <laughs> like, you want more How does that? Yeah, it's got to be warm at night. You're messing up your circadian rhythms. Like, put in 3,200K, man. But, like, it, it's such a photographer thing to get pissed about because, like, right. what do I care? They, they're fine with it, apparently. But <laughs> Don't come to my house. <laughs> my kitchen, for my wife, because she just, I'm like, let me, trust me, this will be better. The kitchen is completely daylight bound, super bright, so, like, you, you can't screw up anything because she's oh, yeah. a really good cook. So she wants to make sure her pie crust is right. Yeah. But the rest of the house is all this just glowing warm. And See, that the, makes sense because that's a preparation room. Right. It's like a, like right. a surgery room right makes sense but in your living room come on yeah. you gotta gotta get those circadian rhythms kicking right. in a little bit of warm light. but when that's the only lights in on in the house and you yeah. walk by you're like what the <laughs> hell is going on in there just big white war does he have a clean room yeah, in his house <laughs> silkwood i'm just scrubbing down people <laughs> that's brutal but you've done a really good job with you too uh thank you i appreciate that um are you enjoying it I do enjoy it. I mean, that's kind of why I keep doing it. Um, it also, I mean, it, it feeds part of my business with uh, funneling people to my online courses. Right. So that's definitely a part of it. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. But, um, yeah, I do enjoy it. It's it's a weird love-hate relationship, though, because almost every time I do an on-location video, I get halfway through it or even 10 minutes into it. And I'm like, I'm never doing another one of these ever again because I, I get so frustrated with the video camera and trying to take pictures and getting the audio right and having to do double shots because I needed both angles. Right. Uh, it's, it's just coming me. Coming and going. Coming and going. And that gets so frustrating that I get so mad and I'm like, I'm never doing this ever again. And then I get back to my computer and I start editing it and it starts coming together and it's creating a really cool story and all the hard work uh, is Creative kind juices. of turning into something. And then I finish the video I'm like, I can't wait to go do the next one. So right. um, the finished product is really what what keeps me going on it but when admittedly when i'm doing it i hate it and and, and i i feel like i'm pulling my hair out half the time but um the finished product is enough to 
to keep me going on it. I think you touch on things just enough, like you're talking about the time period, that they're interesting. They're like I love the ones with the build out on the truck, and then like what do I take to the truck? Another one of those ones is surprisingly successful, right? Because people, well, I think because you've lifted up the the pant leg enough and shown little ankle. Now people want to know, like, let's <laughs> let's see a little more. Let's talk about this my, truck. My sweet, hairy ankle yeah, with the sock tan. Right. They want to see the, the truck. We've seen yeah. you in the truck. Let's talk about the truck. Yeah. How did the truck get there? Where do you sleep? Where do you stick your refrigerator? Whatever. Yeah. That becomes interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's good to hear from, from people when, when I hear they like seeing that stuff. Because I, I would like to do more videos that are kind of photography adjacent and not directly photography right but, um i never know if that's going to turn people off that, that have been supporting me so I, I try to reel it in when i can but where was the one where you went you ha- you're on location and then within the same video you drove to like the dunes or something like you left was that something where you're like okay this is going to be a long two or three day shoot and i gotta like prep that out it might have been the one where i was shooting new 55 okay i started in joshua tree had a bunch of failures and then i drove all through the night to some That's sand dunes right yeah where the 55 was kicking your ass yeah with the... yeah yeah that um that, <laughs> that was, was a good side of you <laughs> watch frustration <laughs> some people i think many people were very happy to see that see the failures and that everybody fails. Right. Some people took that as a me exposing my jugular so they could uh, sink their teeth in a little deeper. <laughs> hey, you, you, are, you do suck. <laughs> you are an idiot. Um, but, I, yeah, that, that video was fun because that was a, a brand-new experience for me. I mean, I'd never, never shot that film before, and I videoed me doing it the very first time. So it was risky. Um, and do you love it? Do you like that film? Yeah. That one was uh, – the uh, new 55 film? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, it's it, it's a oh, divisive right. film, you I'd by say. Bees? Was yeah, that was the attack by, by bees? bees? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that, was, uh, that was intense. Um, <laughs> funny Only enough. Only a photographer could say that. <laughs> being attacked by bees was intense. <laughs> Guys of National Geographic are like, really? <laughs> really? Well, you know, when you're trying to <laughs> agitate a negative in some fixer at just that moment, yeah. it's a little intense. <laughs> I had a rhino up my ass, and you're worried about a bee. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It wasn't super intense, but in the moment, it felt like a lot to deal with. Yeah. Well, there um, were multiple. You were outnumbered. Yeah. I was outnumbered by a lot. Um, yeah, that film is, is really fun. Um, it's kind of a divisive film because people compare it to Polaroid, you know, uh, PN55. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a completely different film. It's not even really a fair comparison. Because um, yeah, not at all. The but old Polaroid s- film can't be made anymore. Mo- no, so many of the chemicals are unobtainable or they're illegal or something. So, right, both. Yes. Yeah. So New Fifty Five, you know, by way of its name, you're going to naturally com- and, and its general process, you're going to compare it to it. But the look, yeah, yeah, but the y- peel, y- yep. And so I, I would get a lot of people commenting like, "Oh, the Polaroid peel apart looked way better." And it's like, yeah, no shit, like. <laughs> Of course it did. The older Polaroids that came out of your SX-70 looked way better back right. then, too. They had to figure out a lot of stuff, and it's actually miraculous that they figured out how to do this, given the chemistry that we have accessible now. Um, but, you know, New 55 is still relatively new. They're they're working on improving the, the contact print and um, all that. Did they contact you or what? Yeah, yeah I've talked to Sam Heiser quite a bit okay. after that. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Um, he actually reached out to give me some tips on, you know, uh, how I could avoid some of the mistakes I made and uh, gave me a lot of background on um, how the, the film works and all that. 
Uh, Are you going to integrate into that more into your fine art? Uh, yeah, I mean, I when I get the itch to do it, I, I dive deep into it, but they're kind of few and far between that I get okay. the itch. Uh, but when I do have the itch, it's the perfect medium for it. Um, the most recent one I did was with New 55, where I was photographing some feathers and a, a bison skull. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that was the perfect film for what I had envisioned on that because I wanted something gritty with the dripping border and, you know, all that. Oh, um, again, another one, another learning experience. Yeah. The feather. Yep. Right. We yeah. almost watched you all get taken off into federal court. <laughs> <laughs> that one was really upsetting because I was really proud of that video. And then when a couple people pointed out that, yeah, it's illegal to have hawk feathers. I would have not known that. The thing is, very few people do. We have hawks all over Fullerton. I know. I see feathers all the time. There's one. There's a a female. I don't know what kind of hawk. I don't want to sound like a jackass, but she's a hawk. She... (laughs) She owns Cal State Fullerton Soccer Stadium. Mm. She's like, she sits up on the light towers and she kills everything. Yeah, that's she'll, her she'll, she'll dive over at practice, at soccer practices. She, if you run the stadium, she's always all over the place. That woman's dropping feathers all over the place. So <laughs> if you're telling me I pick one of those up, yeah, I got to like put it in a enclosed capsule and ship it off to I some know. federal agency. It's crazy. Well, it's funny. Is you're supposed to leave it exactly where it is. It's like so someone else can get it. Well, so but, groundskeeper runs over it on the grass? Yeah, I like, know. He's not picking it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get why the law's there because the only way you can prevent people from killing them without you knowing is to make it completely illegal to even trade their parts. Because, I mean... I didn't know that was an issue. Yeah, I didn't know people were going out. I mean, the idea is if someone went out and hunted a a red-tailed hawk to get the feathers, and then they're selling them on eBay, they could say, yeah, we find these feathers all the time on our property, (laughs) but they're actually killing hawks. So the the only way they can really stop it is to say, no, you can't even trade them. Can't touch them. But I'll tell you a funny story about the the hawk thing. So the... um, I did the feathers. I did the whole video. Found out it was illegal. I was devastated. I took the video down um, and then decided to repost it with that intro that basically mm-hmm. said, it's illegal, don't do this. Um, and then make sure I didn't make any money from it so I don't sell prints of that stuff or whatever. Sent that it was, to the Red Hawk Foundation of Rehabilitation? Yeah, I sent a, a donation. <laughs> and I called the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, told them what I did and um, all that kind of that kind of thing. But You're such well, a good I, I person. Was, well, a lot of it's liability, you know. I, it is. It's like it is. I, I'm on YouTube. If someone just doesn't like the cut of my jib or they don't like my right. um, my personality or whatever, they could call and report me or whatever. Sure. Um, you could do meth on YouTube, but you can't touch a feather. <laughs> I understand. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was so, like, trying to do the right thing. I was so worried about it. And then, like, I don't know, two weeks later, I went to the grocery store, and there was this woman behind me who was this kind of weird hippy dippy seemed like she was on oh, something no. kind of out there kind of lady uh-huh and um i got i got my groceries and left and kind of gave a look to the cashier like good luck with this one and then as i'm leaving she gets on her bike and she has a basket on the front and there's feathers all attached oh. to it she's like <laughs> she's been collecting these things and like <laughs> probably puts them in her hair half the time right. and i'm like this yeah. good samaritan she's trying to club and she's smoking weed off yeah. in the evening please <laughs> Laws only apply to law-abiding citizens. Yes. That's what I've heard. Yeah, so. people on YouTube, not, a, not women on bikes. Yeah, All right. Jesus, <laughs> that's what terrifies you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you touched on a little bit on the format. What dove into or what drove you to dive into 617? That's not a shape normal to photographers. Yeah. Uh, it just seems so unique yes. to me. 
That's um, a check. Yep. Yeah, six seventeen <laughs> is. <laughs> and so it seemed like a cool challenge. Uh, it just seemed like it might be kind of fun, but uh, I think also um, just the cinematic connection to mm-hmm. it. You know the kind of Tarantino ultra wide stuff that he would do on like Hateful Eight, right? Yeah, things Lawrence like of Arabia, something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, it's just very. It just has a look, and it um, it, it it's so. I don't know. It's so it stands fitting out. It to stands out. What I like to shoot too. I mean, like the desert. It, I would oh, it go out to the desert. desert. Yeah, and I'm shooting four by five, and it's like I need to find a great foreground if I'm going to do four by five. Right. Because it's, it's such a squared off rectangle that there's going to be a lot of foreground or a lot of sky. Right. So I need to find a really good foreground. Right. You have to find that element to anchor it. Mm-hmm. But I was really only interested in stuff that was kind of off on the horizon. And so I needed to get rid of the top, get rid of the bottom, so the, the panoramic format fit that really well. And, um, you know, the more I shot it, the more I started seeing compositions in 6x17 that would be really cool. Where did you dive in and decide, like, this camera, this one? Did you have to do some well, research? I had a 4x5 that I still have, and uh, I wanted to try 6x17, so I got the roll film back, so the 6x17 adapter okay. for a 4x5. And it just attaches with the graph lock uh-huh. uh, attachment. I've never and, used that. How is it? Um, the the graph lock attachment or just, oh, just the, that, the roll film? That roll film on that four five. It gives you six seventeen. It's decent. It, it has very specific limitations. Uh, one of them being that you have a separate viewer that you have to attach and a oh, separate roll. Yes. Okay. So uh, it's a lot of things to juggle, and it, it sounds like a small thing, but the fact that I had two devices that I had to put onto the back of my camera alternating. Um, I, like my backpack would be a little too far away, and I was annoyed that I had to go walk over and grab it, and right. little inconveniences like that. But the bigger issue is you're very limited on the focal lengths you can use with it. Why is that? So you can't use focal lengths that are super short because um, the bellows can't compress enough okay. because the roll film back is probably two to three inches further away okay. than the four by five film plane. So the the bellows has to compress a lot. So uh, the widest I could really go was 90 millimeters, and that was with a recessed board. So if I went to any shorter focal lengths, the bellows would compress too much. There would be no movements, and um, it probably wouldn't even be able to focus. Okay. So that's on the low end. On the high end, I couldn't use focal lengths longer than about uh, 180 millimeters, 210. Okay. And that can seem kind of weird to people because – if, as long as the bellows extends enough, shouldn't you be able to use anything? But it's yeah. it's because the 4x5 back is clipping the image circle because mm-hmm. it's so much smaller than 6x17. Yep. So the lens has to be relatively close to the film for the angle of the light to get past the uh, 4x5 opening. So, right. um, And I had started picturing all these compositions where I wanted to do a longer focal length, so like a 300 millimeter. And I knew I wouldn't be able to do it on that. So I kind of start shopping around for a dedicated 6x17. The main go-to is always the Fuji GX 617. Right. Um, which is, like, probably the coolest-looking camera on the planet, in my opinion. It's, it's especially in someone's hands, because it looks a certain size when you see a picture of it by itself. And you see it in someone's hands, it's like, holy shit, that thing's huge. Yeah. Um, you sure that's a camera? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a piece of furniture. Uh, and it's got, like, the bars that go out from yes. the lens. It's just so cool. I don't know. It's awesome-looking camera. But those things are eight grand, you know, with, mm-hmm. with a lens. And then it's only got, like, four lenses. Yeah, there's only a select something. lenses, yeah. yeah. So that felt kind of limiting. But the, the main issue was it's got a separate viewfinder, you know, you're not looking at the ground glass because it's a, it's more of a traditional style camera. Right. Um, 
So I wouldn't be able to do movements, uh, you know, shifting, rising, falling, any of that kind of stuff. Right. Wouldn't be able to do any shine flug or any of that kind of tilting stuff. Uh, and I wouldn't be able to use split ND filters, really. Because you can't f- see where the transition is. That's true. Because it's, yep. it's all viewfinder. It's viewfinder. It's not happening. Yeah. So then I, I came across the Shenhao 6x17s, and uh, the one I picked out is perfect. It's got all the movements I need. It's got rise fall on the lens. It's got rise on the uh, film standard. It's got all the tilts and shifts and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, And I absolutely love that camera. I, I will use that thing as long as it will have me. Where did you find it? Uh, there's a store called Badger Graphic, which I think is in Wisconsin. Okay. And they specialize in some kind of strange cameras like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're a regular camera store, right. but they also have but they collect those kind of the more large format stuff. And, the beat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had looked at it, and it was, I don't know, $1,800 or something. And that was a king's ransom to me at the time. I wouldn't be able to, to, to get it. Sure. So I was saving up. And then I looked, I don't know, six months later, and it had gone up to like 2500 bucks. And then so oh. I, I reached out to him, I'm like, dude, this went way up in price. He's like, yeah, it's probably going to go up again soon. <laughs> so you may want to get it now because I guess Shen Hao was just kind of raising prices on him. So um, and, and it's all special order. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So he. Um, if you thought 18 was expensive, then yeah. yeah, it's all of a sudden, oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. I don't think it's gone much up in price since I bought it, but um, I love that camera. It's so cool. I mean, to compose. How's uh, the quality of glass? Uh, I have quite a variety. I have mostly Nikkor uh, large format lenses, okay. and those are great. They're tack sharp, the, especially like the um, the 210, very, very sharp. Uh, you know, it's kind of like medium format 35 millimeter. The normal focal lengths mm-hmm. tend to be sharpest. Right. So the 150 and the 210 are, are very, very are sharp. Just rock. The wide angles, a little less sharp. Uh, I have a, Those corners get a little mushy. Yeah, I mean, luckily, large format lenses have such a giant image circle that you actually don't get too much softening at the corners. It's just kind of the, the image overall might not be quite as sharp. Uh, like my 115, which is a Rodenstock, uh, that one's not quite as sharp as I would maybe like it to be, but it, it's, a, it's a wide angle, so it's kind of to be expected. Right. Um, is I, that you being a little aware of it, but not the regular yeah, Joe? for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I am very lax on the whole um, how many megapixels you need and how much sharpness you really need. I think the image overall is much more important. And the, the people get, I think, too hung up on sharpness sometimes. So I, right. I try not to let it bug me. The only thing about the wide-angle lenses on that system is uh, they all have quite a bit of distortion because they have such a giant image circle, and I'm using a pretty big negative. Right. So... If you're doing landscapes, it doesn't matter, really. But I, I'm shooting so many buildings that often towards the edges, they'll be a little bit pin-cushioned in. So I'll often use the uh, just the liquify tool in Photoshop to push them back out yeah. uh, just to kind of get it more straight. But um, for the most part, I mean, you know, it's all large, form, large format stuff, which is so great because the lenses are all cross-compatible. You just need the right board. So, you know, I can get... Uh, Schneider, Rodenstock, or whatever, and, you know, and just got to get the board for yeah, it. Just get it's the ready board, to go. Anchor it in. Yeah. And as long as it's got a big enough image circle, which That's 6 perfect. by 17 needs pretty big, but not not like 8 by 10 does. So, How important has social media been to you lately to help push your business, get your views, get people to your classes? It's been a really fine good. Art, right? Yeah, that too. I mean, prints are never a big 
part of. But you of, want to sell them. Oh, love to. You'll Any take excuse it. Someone to make knocks a print. on the door, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to have someone buy a big six foot wide print that's in Texas recently, and I got to, you know, go through that whole process, which I love because I love making the prints and I love seeing them, but I don't, I can't store them all. So right. Got someone it buy is them. a beautiful thing. Yeah, printing is. I mean, I've made several videos on, on my passion for printing. And when I put those out, I was convinced nobody's going to get this. No one's going to care. Um, and I'm I'm just speaking to an empty room here. Right. But I'm so passionate about it that I ended up just making the video anyway. And those have been my most popular videos. They're actually the most watched. Yeah. So I think uh, printing really... Thank God you don't listen to your inner ear. I know. My inner ear's kind of an idiot. Yeah, he's going to slap him a little bit and get his ass straight. <laughs> Stop listening to myself. Yeah. It's like, that episode, like no that episode donut of shops. Yeah, yeah. No donut shops, no printing, <laughs> no truck. Yeah. I, I got to pull a George Costanza and do the exact opposite of whatever my inclination is, and then I'll be successful. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I did Are you those. active, though, on Twitter or Instagram? or uh, Just Instagram. Okay. I basically... I have a Facebook just because you have to if you want to run ads right. on Instagram and stuff like that. So, uh, But I haven't checked Facebook in years. But uh, you use Instagram as your biggest wielding yeah, hammer? Mm -hmm. And that's largely because it, it's simple enough for my simple brain. And um, I can very... Quick and easy. Quick and easy. And I mean, I, I like sharing pictures. I, I don't... I mean, you got a shout out from the donut shop. <laughs> something, doing something right. Shit, I haven't gotten that one yet. <laughs> and they're in my town. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the the lady who runs the place is a sweetheart. She evidently is because she was, she was nice enough to retweet it. All but, right. Might have um, to take a road trip down there and get yeah, some maple support bars. Support Sweeto Donuts if you're in Fullerton. <laughs> um, yeah, so Instagram's been good. I I try and do it in such a way that it's it's self-fulfilling more than anything um so you know i'll post some stuff mentioning sales like i just posted about my black friday sale for mm -hmm. online courses and that was great for getting the word out um but mostly i just like looking at you know film photography memes and you know um funny feeds and then just as a way to post pictures i found there's there's not much way to get people to look at your photos other than like instagram and youtube for me so right. if I take pictures where I didn't do a video about it, then Instagram's a great way to share them with people and kind of get Pass their feedback. Pass that message and, across, right? Yeah. It's been great, too. Like, people ask questions about technique, and I can do a little Instagram post about it. And it's a nice way to put little snippets out there just kind of answering people's questions. And um, it's been good for that. But it can very quickly become toxic, especially for me, oh, if God. I follow the wrong things and, you know... Um, I, I'm such a an unfollower now. I, I have an itchy trigger finger on that. And I, I, that's how I want it. It's good. If someone posts something that is even the remotest, like, dude, shut up. Like, I just unfollow them. Gone. Yeah. Jettison. Political opinions or something like that. I'm like, dude, get out of my feed. I, I right. I, I don't need that. I, this is an escape for me. I want right. to look at cool cameras and, right. you know, funny photography jokes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so it's been good. But the YouTube is really fed everything else so that's been the main source of uh getting my name out there do you have any long-term projects you're working on uh, i'm working on an, a, another online course right now so in terms of long term that'll be a few months how about something with a camera in your hand something with a camera in my hand um is there yeah. a tree or a rock or a mountain <laughs> you must photograph or a yeah there's a actually valley? i got a, a few things a few things in mind there's a town in kind of deep southern deserts of california that i want to shoot okay uh, and just kind of 
you know, post up there for three days and shoot a bunch of different buildings around there. Um, there's uh, this place I've been meaning to check out in Anzabrego Desert forever that I think could be really cool um, for uh, 6x17 and 4x5. And I uh, just need to get out there. I think some of your videos have actually got people to go out and do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like, I'm I sure. want to go see this spot or that spot. Or, oh, my God, I didn't know about the the pumpkins or the mountains yeah. or the tr- whatever. Yeah. I've had quite a few people send me pictures of their take on Houston's liquor. So the liquor oh, store right. up in Bealton. So it's kind of cool. People said, hey, I stopped by that liquor store and took a picture. And it's kind of cool seeing people's different variations on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool. You're people, touching people <laughs> in the right so. way. Yeah, a few people. Yeah, not in the Me Too way, but <laughs> right, but in the photography yeah. way. <laughs> Just zeros and ones. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, keep it digital. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's been cool, man. People have really reached out to me from all over the world, just telling me. Yeah, I've had several people tell me that they picked up a film camera because of my videos, and or they or they <laughs> That's you know picked up a film camera again. You know, after many, many mm-hmm. years because of my videos, which is some of my favorite things to hear because I, I, I think film photography is a great community, and I want to I want to grow it. So, right. so that's been really nice. Um, you said the world, and I giggled because the father in me, like, had this immediate impact when you did the video about Paris. <laughs> and, the fl- and, the, and the coming home. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I feel for him. Oh, that's, that's a rough rough kind of experience. Everybody loves a good shit story. Yeah, everybody loves it. Just, <laughs> just can't get out of my way yeah. kind of stuff. That was rough, man. But those are, and, but those are good, good stories to tell people. Those are fun to, like... Like, again, lift up the pant leg, show the little ankle, and be like, yeah, we're all human. It's fun. Hey, don't take shit so serious. Yeah. It's been fun to share those because sometimes they're they're funny to me, but, like, who am I going to share it with? And right. This Your is a nice there, avenue so, for yeah. it. Yeah, she was there, and it wasn't so funny to her. So it's uh, <laughs> it's cool to share those. And I've been surprised at how many people, like, kind of kind been of hearing those videos there, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah i know exactly that trash can <laughs> <laughs> what's the future look like what's 10 years what's your road, road um, map? man i i tend to not think that far ahead anymore I, i'm kind of just letting it 10 weeks let 10 it take hours? me where it goes <laughs> <laughs> um i'll say this uh, maybe uh, maybe three years let's say okay. uh, i'd like to have um a more robust online course offering stuff okay. that's kind of more uh, um, aligns with what I'm interested in in teaching. Uh, I'd love to do a course on composition. Uh, I'd love to do a course on uh, the one I'm working on right now is for large format uh, okay. photography. I'd love to do one on scanning. Um, so it'd be nice to have some of those out there. Uh, you can never have enough drum scanning videos. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew how to drum scan, I would. Um, but yeah, this would be like a how to scan at home. But I got I got to learn more uh, a bit before I I tackle that course. Um, shooting wise, you know, I, I I just hope my work keeps getting better. I, I'm always, um, you know, I'm always feel like I'm staring down the barrel of uh, stalling or, or hitting a hitting a plateau and then having to tackle that. So uh, as long as I keep enjoying it. Um, I think I'll be all right, but I just really don't want to hit another slump. So, you know, three years from now, as long as I'm still putting out videos and still um, shooting buildings and uh, money's still coming in the door, I think I'll be happy. Um, If if a budget was 
not in the cards. Someone gave you a black American Express and said, go shoot what you want. What would you do? Oh, man. And you don't need to make a video and shoot the coming and going of the truck. Yeah. Just go make a pro. Here, here's a project. Go. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the things I would want to go photograph, um, a lot of that budget might be need to be used for security or something. Okay. <laughs> like, I'd love to go all around Mexico and take pictures around there, mm-hmm. even the, you know, CD parts. Yes. And, uh, you know. Because you don't see it. Yeah, because you don't see it. Um, have, you, have you been much into Mexico to see it with your no, eyes? No, okay. not really. But I, I see pictures of, you know, um, Mayan ruins and stuff like that. I'd love to do something, something like that. It, but even just... You're right on the security because you definitely would need it. Yeah, if I got a bunch of camera gear and I'm shooting some roadside gas station or whatever. Um, two armed guards and a <laughs> guy with a bazooka. Right, right. And uh, that would be a lot of fun. I, I feel like many parts of Mexico are probably kind of like maybe the Old West 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Or, or not, and I don't mean Old West. I mean the West 50 right. years ago where it's a little less populated little fewer rules um it's not you know it's not 1800s old west but it's it's got some little more grit to it a little more uh um i think there's a lot of parts of mexico they're still very i don't want to say untouched but not frequently touched yeah yeah right like the sierras but 150 years ago yeah 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 natural natural areas too for sure but i'm i'm picturing even you know shops and um Buildings and all sorts oh, of stuff yes. down there it would be a lot of fun to shoot. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. That the mine ruins, any of that kind of stuff. I, I really, I, I love kind of the whole Central American vibe and and South American vibe. Even though I've never really been to those areas, um, I, I love the food. I love kind of the culture and all that. And there's a lot to see. Um, you know, Europe. I think there's a lot to shoot that I would like to shoot, but. Um, Europe feels so evolved to me now. Evolved is not the right word. That, that even sounds disparaging in Mexico. Yeah, it feels, feels redone and it feels gentrified, even though they got a lot of old buildings. Like it's a, you know, you can bustling see modern society right. with, with modern laws and modern this and modern that. And that isn't to say there isn't anything to shoot. It, j- it just might kind of feel like I'm just shooting the USA again. Yeah. Um, you can go to Honduras, though, and you could be, like, fresh. Yeah, and there could be some stuff that just no one's put, put eyes on yet. Um, and uh, that would be a lot of fun. I think that would be cool. I mean, I would love to do a more proper on-location video with someone else filming it. Um, okay. Because I think that would be a lot more fun if I didn't have to operate the video camera. And we, it could be some really interesting, you know, episodes that uh, could check out some cool places and without having the pressure of doing a video with it, I might be able to make it a little more interesting. Yeah, because that takes up a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time and, you know, if I hit a breaking point where I'm just too frustrated, it's it's the, the photos suffer. I mean, it's just not, um, not the best uh, arrangement, but it's the only arrangement I can do right now because I'm not going to pay anybody to come yeah, shoot no, it. Yeah, no, no, you don't need to do that. Yeah. That gets real expensive. But I'm kind of fortunate in that um, I don't really have the the itch to go photograph things super far away anymore. You know, I, I used to think all all the good photos were way out there, you know, right. and just far away. And I needed to 
travel the world and get the as far away from where I grew up as possible, and that's where the good photos were. And I've kind of come full circle on that to where I feel maybe the best photos are actually right here, and maybe they're all within a three-hour drive. You know, right. they, they seem mundane to me, but that's because I grew up here. And I'm finding from feedback I get, especially from people overseas, that it's really interesting for them to see how life is here and how the deserts of the Southwest are. And most of us just drive through the desert going through Baker, feeling like it's just nothing between here and Vegas, except, you know, um, the mad Greek and that's all there is. But I see a lot of beauty out there in the, in the desert. And I'm realizing a lot of people who don't experience it very much feel the same way. So, um, do you think a little bit of that comes from being in that Irvine tan bubble? Yeah, I've actually, I've thought a lot about this because it's weird to me how much I wanted to leave when I was younger and how little I want to now. And I I think like anyone when they're young, they don't, I think a lot of people don't like where they grow up just because it it feels boring and they want something more interesting. Right. They want to go see the world and everything. Um, So I definitely had that. And it was, you know, everything is cookie cutter. Everything's, beige everything's very manicured everything is um you know it's tract homes so it's little boxes made of ticky tacky it's um it's that kind of vibe and there's nothing wrong with that but to me when i was growing up it was boring so i tend to like things now that are either completely that or completely not that like i I love grungy old buildings that you know, yeah. they, they're not part of a master plan. They're not part of some big conglomerates uh, retail center that they just dumped $100 million in. Like it was this little building that they put up for a donut shop, and now it's kind of deteriorated a bit, and it's got some other stuff around it that doesn't really jive with it, but it's it's looking good. So I love stuff like that. I love really good architecture, I think, because I was around so little of it uh, in Irvine. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You know, um, I mean... Again, nothing against Irvine. It's a great city, but the architecture is is nothing. It's it's, it's vanilla. Yeah, it's stucco and it's pseudo um, Italian, pseudo Tuscan, like not, but not quite there. And it's like right. it, it's just nothing that interesting. So when I see like a, a beautiful Eichler, like a mid-century modern, you know, masterpiece, like it, it almost cho- makes me choke up. Like I'm looking at a work of art that mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to, to be around when I was young. So, um, yeah, I think that, that upbringing in very suburban kind of cookie-cutter environment has shaped a lot of what I like to photograph now. Especially some of those, uh, I think you photograph one of those gas stations in the middle of the desert. It's all yeah. broken down. They don't look like that anymore. Yeah, exactly. They don't have the two pumps, the overhang, the garage, mm-hmm. because it's a mechanic can actually do some work. Now yeah. it's a mini-mart with... Uh, 25 pumps with daylight balance lights, yeah, right. you know, and an LED screen you know, doing the the numbers. And you're just like, well, mm-hmm. that looks like every one. Yeah, and it's very corporatized and it's, yeah. you know, massive. There's commercials going on on the pump yeah, and they're right. selling you product and you're watching CNN or the Weather Channel. You're just like, yeah. get the goddamn gas out of the car. Yep. That's probably... Another part about growing up in Irvine that has shaped that is Irvine doesn't have a whole lot of mom and pop businesses. It's a lot of yes, kind of, you're right. um, you know, massive 
chains cheesecake and, you know, factory yeah, cheesecake and what, factory yeah, two McDonald's, best two right. best buys within a two mile radius you know it's right. like it's a lot of that so when i come across something that's very much a mom and pop business i i'm immediately in love with it because it's it's it tells so much more of a human story and i've never been good at street photography i've never been good at photojournalism so it's hard for me to tell human stories in my in my photography because right. photographing a building generally doesn't tell much of a human story but if I can photograph Houston's liquor or 405 donut or Sweet O donuts, and just by nature of looking at the building, you can see how much um, how much human interaction has gone on over the years in this building. You can see the clutter that's built up. You can see the things that they forgot to clean up. You can see the you know the the things that were forgotten about years ago that are now resting against the side wall or whatever. I, I really like stuff like that because it, it speaks to that opposite of the Irvine Company vibe which yes. uh, I mean for people who aren't from the area Irvine Company is uh, a massive privately owned corporation here in Orange County that feels like they own everything so I mean like every retail center every apartment building it feels like it's all owned by Irvine Company and um, they're just kind of a classic heartless corporation and i'm not even faulting them for it they got to make money whatever but um you know it's not a mom and pop joint no, no. and they're they don't no. really cater to mom and pop joints you know they cater to the highest bidder when it comes they to want rent. home depot they yeah. want in and out they want yeah. they don't want earl's burgers or jerry's you know yeah. warehouse yeah so it's in irvine you know you're never far away from a home depot you're never far away from uh uh you know chipotle but if you're looking for a local mom and pop joint, you're probably not going to find it. So I tend to really like seeing those things, especially, you know, out in some desert town where there's just not that many people there in the first place. And you really understand that, like, this business is probably very important for this community. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're maybe not even doing that much business, but they're employing three people, four people, five people. And that's a big percentage of the population of mm-hmm. this town. So it's like... Yeah, that's 17% of the town. Yeah, exactly. So I, I tend to gravitate towards those types of structures um, when I'm taking pictures. Uh, otherwise, it's the pure architecture of the building that I tend to be attracted to. So um, That's pretty good. Yeah. That's good to have. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've, I've uh, kind of fallen into it. I never really set out to photograph buildings and <laughs> photograph these night scenes that I do so much and everything. I just kind of started shooting pictures that of subjects that were interesting to me. And... Um, it's uh, largely become those those types of subjects. So, if people want to find your website, what is it? Uh, NickCarverPhoto.com. Is there art? Is there a fine arts one, or is that, they can just find that. the fine arts from there? Yeah, everything's on there. Instagram. Uh, just Nick Carver. F- uh, Nick Carver. Yeah. No Car- Nick Carver. Okay. <laughs> I don't know my own handles. You want to look it up on your, uh, you your ID first? <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Carver just got 1,600 new followers. <laughs> well, funny enough, there's a Nick Carver band, which you'll probably come across if okay. you uh, Google my name. There's actually another Nick Carver that was in Irvine for that some time. Son of a bitch. Who is he? He worked at Blizzard uh, oh, Entertainment. Okay, but I yeah. yeah, he was an artist at Blizzard. So... Uh, someone called my parents' house once looking for him. Really? Yeah. 
Right. Odd. There was two Nick Carvers in Irvine for, Damn it. for a time. But <laughs> is he out of town? Is, is, is he left? I think I guessing he left because I haven't heard. Good. Heard this town can't handle two. <laughs> town ain't big enough for two yeah, Nick Carvers. Not at all. Yeah. Barely handle the one we got in front of me right here. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. My you're, pleasure. You're, you're doing great. I hope your self-esteem skyrockets <laughs> next time I see you. You certainly help. And you're, you're walking around like Drake or something. <laughs> I'll never be that confident. Uh, you never know. <laughs> I appreciate your time. You keep making great pictures. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot for having me. Anytime. Thanks. All right. This is Matt Brown, and you listen to Just a Good Conversation. Please hit the subscribe button as well as the like button 